Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smashbox TV's podcast 425. Terry Miller, the disc golf guy, here, and uh, Johnny. I made it all the way back to Wisconsin, and I still didn't want to come sit next to you. <laughs> Sounds like I, a good night for me. We were talking about smell-o-vision a little bit ago uh, in the in our little pre-show warm-up, and I don't think... You know, I showered this morning. I haven't... You know, it's, I, I think I'm doing okay. I, I, got a little dirt, I got a little dusty and dirty. I was doing a little bit of housework. I, I cut open a wall to f- trace some wiring, but other than that, I'm clean, Tear. I swear. Uh, I'm still not buying it, but tonight what we're going to be buying is some sweet action. We're going to get a ton of details uh, over a couple of really exciting things uh, in just a few moments. We're going to have a couple guys from GK Pro. They're going to join us, talk to us a little bit about not only the year as we're wrapping up from their perspective, but also the big deal that's going on this weekend. Of course, we're talking about the enormous skins match and Obviously, a lot of people are saying the year is done, the Disc Golf Pro Tour is done, you know, all our majors are done, and that's all true. However, there are still a ton of players that are going to be heading over uh, to the Eagles Crossing course and uh, looking forward to everything that's going to be taking place. So we wanted to get the scoop to make sure that everybody's up to speed to know what's going on. And then after we're done talking with those gentlemen, sometime after that, we're going to have Sean Jack join us. And Sean Jack, as you've seen throughout the years, has been uh, crucial at the San Francisco Open when we had it. Then also, of course, the OTB Open. And then uh, he works with the Disc Golf Pro Tour in terms of sponsorships and partnerships of, of that nature. So you guys finally have a chance if you want to scream about who's making me say yeet. We, we found our guy. We found the guy that we can actually pinpoint that to. If you're upset um, at the number of commercials <laughs> that the Disc Golf Network shows, Sean Jack's your man. He is your man. So get, get all fired up and get ready. No, but in all seriousness, we want to talk same thing, kind of recap what we've seen in 2022. And maybe we have a little snapshot as to what we're going to see in 2023 from his perspective. Of course, there's already scheduling. There's a lot of things that are going on, but at least we can get a little insight and perspective from Sean over at the Disc Golf Pro Tour. So 
And then, of course, after all that silliness, we'll probably have an after show and we'll see where things go from there. But I think without further ado, we've got Isaac and Luke from GK Pro, and I believe they're hanging out, ready to go to talk to us about what's going on. And welcome, gentlemen. How are we doing? They've got a nicer background than us. <laughs> We're doing good. Yeah. Hey, I was just in the RV. I was just in that RV not too long ago, and it is an incredible setup. We got to do post-production. Obviously, they've been doing it out of there forever, but I got my little taste of post-production for the Throw Pink event, Christine Jennings and I, and uh, it's it's quite a place to be uh, getting your work done, so appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. We we appreciate working with you, Terry. You're you're fantastic, and you're really talented in the commentary booth, so... Oh, stop. Flattery will get you everywhere. <laughs> you can All already right. look at how big his head is on this screen. We do not, if yes. any bigger, and I'm going to have to change the framing. Um. Yeah, this is no zoom. <laughs> uh, uh, first of all, for, for anyone that's silly enough to possibly not know who you guys are and what you do, give everyone, introduce yourselves, give everyone a, a, a quick rundown. Isaac, you want to go first? Yeah. Okay, I'll go first. Uh so I am the business director at GK Pro, and I started working full-time with GK Pro at the beginning of last season. I helped kind of semi-found the company years ago when we got started, but um, it wasn't until a couple of years ago that I started working full-time and putting sort of my more of my kind of emphasis on uh, driving more of the business growth of GK Pro and that sort of thing, so... And then, obviously, everyone knows Luke Humphreys, one of the greatest skins hosts of all time. Of course, Luke. Yeah. It's been a it's been a minute, but I remember when we did have a conversation here on the show. We were talking about a big title you had taken down. I, that was one of the times, and also talking all about your your uh, geology and rock hunting and everything else. And now, clearly, yeah. you've continued to do a hundred other things since then. So, yeah. Uh, first of all, thank you guys for joining. Luke, go ahead and, in case someone doesn't know, give everyone though your your uh, your introduction. Yeah, I've uh, I've worked with GK Pro now for this is my second season of doing this the hosting over at OZB Tour Series Skins. It's been an awesome gig. Uh, these guys work incredibly hard, so fun to be a part of the team with that. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. GK Pro on uh, the YouTube. Type in Skins find some fun content. We like we like the fact that it takes the players and puts them in a more casual format so that uh, people can really get to know them and they're not in that intense, you know, type of uh, type of feeling like they are in tournaments. And and let's start there just for a, a second. We're, I want to get into this weekend and and details and such, but wh- what would you guys for both of you, what would you say is one of the most memorable moments from this year's skins match, whether it's a throw an interaction, um, whatever the case might be, what, what would, what jumps out for each of you as like a really memorable, you know, moment from this year. Mine's easy. Gavin Babcock, $10,000 ace at uh, blue Lake park hole mm-hmm. four or five or whatever one it is four, I believe that, that was mm-hmm. a super special moment. It felt like no one was going to ever hit an ace on, Tour Series skins again. It had been over a year since Kevin Slipace was the one prior to it. So um, to see that one go in, you know, it just kind of reignited the fire a bit. Yeah. Uh, Probably Gannon's ace. Like that moment was pretty intense. And like the energy on that T pad once he threw that in was really magical. 
And then the second moment for me is probably when I lose my shoe every time on the show and like Kale picks it up and throws it, you know, yeah. back at me. <laughs> Champions Cup. Yeah. That big fight. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's at least uh, every other skins match in my shoe. We only put it in the edit once a season. Highlights though. Yeah. It's only because of highlights. <laughs> um, so uh, this weekend, you know, and I kind of prefaced it as we were just opening up. You know, everybody's talked about the season is over. The season is over. But for so many people, it's not. And I'll be the first to admit, I don't know every detail. Often I, I ask questions I even know the answers to. This time, I don't know all the answers. And I, I'm really intrigued to hear more about how this came about. And then, well, we'll go from there. But let, let's start there with the course and the weekend Talk to us how kind of this all, you know, started developing for this course and this weekend. And actually tell everybody what it is. I mean, it's called Big Money Skins, but w- why are we here? It's a, it's a finale. We've hosted a skins match a week roughly on tour now for two straight years. And this year we decided that there needed to be like a culminating event um, to, to finish off the season. So everybody who played in one of those individual weekly matches that won got automatically qualified. We wanted more players, so we added the Elite Series winners and Major winners. Um, And so we've got this really awesome field of qualified players. And we also have a play-in event happening Friday before um, to get a few more players in to make a total of 48 so that we can um, eventually narrow that field down to four and play, you know, for a lot of cash, what people want to see. Okay. Uh, You know, so... I was going to say last year we had our first event at Eagles Crossing and that that was kind of impromptu. Uh, you know, we kind of organized it with the founder of Eagles Crossing maybe like three weeks before it happened. And we went there and it was probably our most popular video of last year was the skins match at Eagles Crossing. And so in the off season. The, uh, the founder of Eagles Crossing, Philip Samuels, uh, reached out to us and said that he wanted to have a, a little bit more, uh, a little bit more uh, kind of purpose with GK Pro. And so that kind of meant uh, sort of advertising for Eagles Crossing, but also kind of uh, letting Eagles Crossing kind of join the brand of OTB Skins. And so, and it's honestly us joining the brand of Eagles Crossing. If you're looking at as far as like what they're bringing to the table, Eagles Crossing is probably the most, like the most manicured disc golf course in the world at this point. So we were really excited that he wanted to do that. And so we, you know, it was, this year has been sort of, sort of an experiment trying to figure out what's the best way to take skins and scale it into more of like a tournament type thing. And so uh, with, without its hit, you know, there's been a few hiccups along the way, but we feel like the big money skins is going to be a great opportunity for some players to really showcase like aggressive play that, you know, that we, we normally aren't going to see out there. Yeah. And so I just, I'm just about to, I'll put it in the chat here in a moment. The, the website for anyone that doesn't know is bigmoneyskins.com and right there front and center yeah, Hawk Point, Missouri, but right there front and center, 50000 guaranteed to the winner and 100000 cash and prizes. Now, 
we just came off of, you know, the, the Disc Golf Pro Tour Championship. Uh, of course, you know, USDGC and Throw Pink before that. But then the Disc Golf Pro Tour Championship, largest payouts we've ever seen that helped Kristen Tatar, that helped uh, Ricky Wysocki get to the largest, uh, you know, annual earnings ever in PDGA history. Was there this notion of this needs to be an ins- I'm going to call it an insane amount of money needs to be going to the winner? Was that was that part of the driving force, or did it just kind of happen that way? That oh hey, we're going to be able to give away a ton of money. Uh, that's a good question. Um, we you know we when we originally announced this uh, in Las Vegas, it was actually going to be like. $50,000 total. Okay. And uh, kind of through like a series of uh, just random events, things we, we were thinking we were going to be able to scale some relationships, but we didn't. But then, you know, the founder of Eagles Crossing, you know, once we started talking about doubling the pot, even you know, even without bringing in the sponsors that we thought we were going to have to do that, he just said, you know what? It's a great idea. Um, I think that the players deserve an opportunity to play for this kind of money. And he, he honestly didn't mind just go ahead and just being like, let's just double it uh, wow. right out of his budget. So um, we were going to have a sponsor, a set of sponsors. We were going to have like quite a bit of advertising kind of to help even fund that 50000 But then as, it, as, as we started kind of developing our relationship, uh, you know, Philip over at Eagles Crossing, he he doesn't like advertising, and like that's it's not like he doesn't like the whole the whole mode of people being able to make money, you know, promoting their business. But on his course and on his properties, he really wants the audience to be able to enjoy the beauty of what's happening. And so he was just like, let's just wipe out pretty much all the ad. It, you know, maybe there's a few ads just for necessary commercial breaks, but everything else is just about Eagles Crossing and the players. So it doubled to a hundred thousand. That's <laughs> yeah, which is uh, of course incredible and insane. Now, uh, even before we get into more of those details, even before that, talk about the the development of Eagles Crossing. You know, as you said, arguably your most popular uh, skins match last year. Just talk a little bit about the development of the course and how it's come about. Well, he had, uh, I think it's 400 acres uh-huh. of, of property there in Missouri. Oh. I think they might have got into this. Oh, there they go. You're good now. Okay. All right. Um, during, the, during the COVID break, Philip Samuels got into watching disc golf um, and then eventually decided that his course was, his property was going to be a course. And so he got okay. Dave McCormick from St. Louis. Um, are we clear? Yeah. Are we good? Yeah, yeah, okay. we're good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, grabbed Dave McCormick from St. Louis and, and did something that no one else has done yet. I think this is the kicker. He thought about spectators in the woods. He made wooded golf holes that are spectator friendly, which is not something in disc golf that's been thought about beforehand. We've got these awesome courses. We just got done playing one of them. Um, you know, and it's really hard to get spectators into Nevin. It was almost impossible. You can't get 400 people in there. But, you know, on, on one of these holes, it's called train wreck. He's got an old train rail that is viewable uh, from about 20 feet up. A disc isn't going to go up there, and you can have hundreds of spectators watching these golfers yeah. play world-class golf 
Oh, and then he's got close. he's got spectator stages, for lack of a better word, built into like the back nine of the property, where they're elevated above some of the fairways on these stone platforms that are maybe the size of like a four car garage. But he's got several of them set up throughout the course with pathways to them. And so people that come and, and spectate, they can see a lot of the action without actually having to move around that much. Plus, they actually have really good viewing experience, knowing like almost anywhere they go, they're going to be able to get, uh, they're going to be able to see uh, the action anywhere on the course. There was yeah, just, that, there was no, go ahead, sorry. I was going to say, yeah, I think that was one of the complaints about Nevin is that, um, like you were saying this past weekend, for being the pro tour finale, it wasn't extremely spectator friendly. They could only have so many VIPs come into the woods and, you know, one was fine. 17 was okay. 18 was great, but 18 wasn't like anything else in the rest of the course. This course, on the right. other hand, you're saying has, you know, it's, it's quote unquote custom. It's meant for spectators. Yeah. Yeah. He, 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 he built it with the idea of spectators and, and television broadcasts in mind. He describes the different holes as movie sets he has a little different nicknames for them. Yeah, they each have different names in his in his mind. It's it's pretty cool what he's done. They're very unique to this point, and you know he's got a vision that not all of us can see, but it's obviously something that is uh, fresh to disc golf, which I think is great, and it's um, groundbreaking. And I think I've heard people kind of wonder about the statues. How does that kind of come off in person? And it's it's all class. I can assure you. It's great. Like when you're there, they're not distracting to the course, but they're there in a way that it's more than just your 18 holes of championship golf. You've got fishing. You've got basically a nature walk because he has so many safari style animals that are life size, you know, built out of, uh, you know, they're like metal statues. And then he's, I think he has archery, but he's got all kinds of activities. Like, you, you, you know, if your kids play disc golf or they don't play disc golf, you can still take them to Eagles Crossing because there's some things they can do. So he's kind of built it with everything in mind, the TV, the spectator experience, and also like things for the whole family. Um, so it's really the course of the future. So how, how does a gentleman, and that of course all sounds amazing, which leads me to my next question is how does a guy who doesn't play disc golf, especially at a, a you know, on a, a regular, even, you know, or a, a, you know, an intense capacity, you know, good, good or bad doesn't matter, but just even in terms of being fully hooked on it, how does a guy think about all of those things and, or accommodate and account for all of those things when he's relatively fresh to the sport itself? Yeah, he's he's got a good team around him. I think that's okay. first and foremost what he's got going for him. He's got Dave telling him about the intricacies. He built himself a, a pretty good knowledge base of what a good disc golf course was. Watched them all on YouTube, figured out what people liked, what they didn't, and took a little bit of everything into it. Plus, he's working with a property that's um, A tier. So good. I mean, this, this piece of ground probably did the work half the work for him honestly it's it's a beautiful piece. well he, he's, he actually spent quite a bit of time digging up all the fairways changing the property um so it was all rocky it's missouri and so there's you know if you're if you've ever been to missouri and you walk around the hillier parts like you can kind of tell it's dirt but it's, there's also like a lot of rock in there so he actually had to shave off the the top of all the fairways um with heavy equipment and then come back through and 
and put soil down and then he had to to seed you know and this was you know this was like a multi-month project uh obviously the cost was you know enormous to to redo like that sort of build on a course um so and then he took out trees he took out roots and every tree that's there is because he wanted it to be there it's not because it was just left you know it's pretty wild honestly it's pretty wild (laughs) go ahead Terry. sorry go ahead i I was just gonna say with all of that with all of that landscaping and development and and the you know the course design and all those intricacies uh, you know, I, I've heard rumors that you know we're we're in we're definitely in seven digits in in maybe six to ten million dollars of effort when it's been all said and done. Is that can anybody confirm or deny? Does that sound reasonable? Is that is that a rumor I heard? Those are the numbers I've heard, Terry. Yeah, <laughs> um, those are that would definitely be a fair estimate. I, Philip doesn't you know speak specifically on those things, but. Uh, you can, you can, if you've been around masonry or you've been around landscaping and you see what, how high level he's doing it, you can just put the estimates on it. It's multiple millions sure. of dollars out there. And then the property yeah. itself is beautiful. And the, and the cool thing is, is the clubhouse is, is fantastic. Uh, there's rumors he's building a 17, 18 bedroom lodge. Oh. Um, <laughs> it's, it's going to be the course of the future. So when people say, and and of course, I feel like I could go off track 28 different ways, but when people say, why isn't there a pro tour event? When is Worlds going to be here? Just you guys have obviously been around now. What's the answer to that question? Is it, is it a matter of time or is it a matter of interest or, or it's definitely just a matter of time, I would think. Right. Yeah. It's gotta be, I think things, things like Eagles crossing haven't happened in our sport before. And we typically have a pretty slow process of getting that course or that city up to worlds or, you know, high national tour capabilities. Yeah. And and this is already there and we, we haven't really seen it. It's unprecedented. So I think we just need to, we just need to bump it up. I mean, it's ready. He's got the whole thing mesh networked. There's a vision. There's a vision. He has a vision to do, to do worlds there. It's, you know, there's a bidding process. The the public Mm -hmm. probably knows that. So, you know, I would say that there's a plan on, you know, at Eagles Crossing and the team there to to have a world's a bid put together whenever that next available is. It's 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 building in the right direction to definitely host a major. Um, he's put Wi-Fi networks out there. So even if your cell phone company doesn't work, you can go on the public Wi-Fi and guarantee that your phone, your smartphone works, that kind of thing. He's developing parking. Um, outside of the property, um, because there's, you know, the, the property is so big, you actually drive down a two mile, uh, road, um, before you get back into the disc golf course. So there's this, there's this big, uh, almost like pergola type drive through with, that says Eagles crossing and you drive down two miles and then you turn left and you, you just pop out into the course or the, where the clubhouse is. And I think like, uh, the K Cole, you see that green that, goes up like that right the away tiered, first thing yeah. after the tone is set with this drive in i'm telling you once you go through the gate and you just cruise straight on the start road for a little while you really start to get the feels so but but that kind of leads us you know that kind of leads into the the other challenges it's still it's it still needs um you know it, it needs to have some bigger events there obviously before worlds and skins can be a big part of that so 
Yeah, and I, and I, I guess talk, you know immediate. Go ahead, Ter. We'll, we'll get to all the tech in a sec, Johnny. Oh, fine. Um, <laughs> no, but but a lot of people have said you know oh we're missing the boat because there's not um you know there's not a disc golf pro tour event there next year and obviously like you just said worlds and other majors need to you know have a bidding process the pro tour in a sense has a a bidding slash vetting process as well um for the most part and so it's not happening for 2023 but it seems like it would be inevitable for a 2020 you know, there there is a relationship there eagles crossing and the pro tour they have a they have a pretty friendly relationship okay and this they've surveyed the course they've looked at it and um i think you know i think that it's just a matter of time before we okay. see some sort of event out there that um is sanctioned you know and obviously like skins isn't sanctioned this is this is just for fun, right? Like the, the guys are coming out and they're having Raz rounds, but I think the when they get there and they start playing for the fifty thousand, I think it might feel a little bit more like that traditional Sunday championship. That's what I was going to ask. Actually, uh, at some point, was you know your skins matches have kind of a tendency of being a little more lighthearted, friendly, trash talking, but and not that there's not real money on the line, but the way our disc golfers now are is a lot of them. That's not nearly what it used to be 10 years ago, the money. But right. $50,000 is is $50,000. Do you think it's going to be more serious? Do you think in that final round we're going to see, we'll just throw a name out there, Kelvin, you know, talking smack to Kevin Jones or whatever the deal is? <laughs> what, do you, what, what do you feel we've like t- the vibe is going to be? We've been thinking about this, actually. I think those two might hold their character. I, I think you mentioned the two that might be still talking smack. On the 18th, you know, with 50 on the line. We might put out a poll on our social media and ask the audience if we want it, like if, if we should keep the, the the final round on the up and up and just say no razzing or something. I'm going to advocate for it. It's my job. At the end of the day. I'm, I'm going to do everything to keep these guys lighthearted. I, but like if someone's putting for like $25,000 and then someone like makes a fart noise or something, it's just, I, yeah. mean, I don't think you can do it in stroke, but you can always say, you know, don't miss this putt as he's walking yeah, up to it. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, yeah, it will be really interesting to see that. And then, uh, before we get into a few of the details, the, obviously the qu- a common question out there, and and where this is all maybe heading is, is there there must be room? Is there desire or and the capability, obviously, then of of developing another or even a third course? Is that a conversation or is that in the distance? Distance at this point, it's been talked about in at Eagles Crossing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, they definitely have the room. Yeah. So he's uh, okay. he's also got the resources to look at properties close to that as well. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, let let's before we get even still to the te- of more tech, but let's break down like so. Uh, how are the people you talked about a play in and and those opportunities like essentially and maybe it's all on the website, but like who's essentially guaranteed to play and win? And when is this kind of similar to the pro tour in that, like certain people have buys to a certain degree. Is that kind of the, the, the philosophy to some degree? Yeah. If you won a skins match this year or an elite series or a major event, then you are qualified to begin play Saturday at 8am. I believe with priority seating. 
there's going to be seating, obviously. Um, but then that Friday event, you can change your seating by playing in it and doing well. Um, you can't hurt your seating, and you can also make some cash. It's going to be like an A tier event with twenty five hundred to the winner, I believe. Yeah, and then payment all the way down. So a good chance to play a competitive round on the course, possibly increase your seed, and then get some cash um, and some confidence going forward. Okay, and then um, and I'm looking here. It says Saturday top sixteen will be starting at two p.m. Sunday final four will be at 1 p.m. gates open at uh at 11 a.m. this is all central time this is all st louis uh just mm-hmm. to throw yep. that out there as well because uh, i know we've been kind yep. of bouncing around between time zones lately and then um half hour to 45 minutes from st louis what are we looking at i've, I've heard a lot of different answers that's why i'm asking it's like in just over an hour i've never okay. driven it from st louis i don't but, think i have yeah all it, right. Is it um, 45 minutes from Columbia? Yeah. It's 45 minutes from Columbia. We know that. Okay. And seven hours from Milwaukee. All right. We'll get it all figured out. Either way. <laughs> yes. uh, but, but St. Louis area is, is, a, is a reasonable comment to make. Plan on at least an hour. How, how about that? Um, exactly. And yeah, then, pretty much. Uh, I see out on the website uh, an event map. It talks about... Uh, food tents, craft beer, drinks, vendors, pro shops, toss games. Um, uh, obviously, the entire that's probably might be the, the best part of that event is okay. all that stuff. They'll, break it They'll do that right for sure. Yeah, he's and it, he's that's bringing in local food carts and such. Yes, he's he's constantly bringing in the best stuff. We've had trout sandwiches at every yeah. event that we've had out there thus far, and I'm telling you, man, they are off. The he's going to curate such a different experience to what most people are used to when they buy that ticket. Yeah. They're going to show up and they're going to, it's just going to be, a, it, everything is sought out. Everything, there's a reason for it. And he's, he's put in enough thought and he's put in a lot of, of effort into making it as good as it can be for the people that are showing up. Okay, and then I'm, I'm just going to read. Uh, this isn't going to translate well, but I'm going to read right off the site. It says the 2022 Big Money Skins Championship are $150 for all three days or $75 just for Sunday. Your ticket includes an entry fee, free parking, free general play after the tournament each day, and a free glow disc golf play on Saturday. Tickets are yeah. transferable, so on and so they forth. around. So, yeah, so it's got all of that stuff listed, and you can go out and buy it on the website. Uh, it also has all the information out there as well. So just throwing that out there. <clears throat> Very nice. And the glow round um, will be absolutely next level. Um, I, yeah, I can only assume there's some pretty cool, you know, uh, uh, not accommodations, but things to make glow. I mean, glow can be so cool, whether it's played with a ton of lights or no lights or everything in between. Um, playing at night or playing glow can be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. This one's going to so, have lit fairways and okay. the whole nine yards. Yeah. Anticipation the other was... day that I forwarded on to uh, Simon and Eagle, who both signed up later after <laughs> seeing the picture. If you guys noticed that as well. Yeah. So, what, uh, first of all, what do you expect? What do you kind of expect for on site? in person or maybe there's already been ticket sales, but are you expecting a ton of people to come on site? I mean, it is kind of centrally located, you know, throughout the country or, or are the fans burned out a little? 
I think it's a good question. I think a little bit of both. I think uh, okay. it's been a long season for players and fans, but I think this is the chance that they're going to have to get live disc golf for like the next two, three months, you know, and it's, it's everybody there. I think except for Paul Macbeth, you have like top 15 guys coming. So it's, uh, it's everything you want to see pretty central, like you said, and uh, we're breaking a record. We're giving 50 to somebody. And as far as who that's going to, it's anybody's guess. That's the beauty of the format. Uh, it could be one of these top dogs, but it could just as easily be somebody qualifying on Friday, yeah. fighting their way to Sunday, shocking the world and changing their life. Yeah. yeah. We saw what happened with Scott earlier the year, this year with our first skins match art that we had this season there. Well, that was actually our second skins match there. But uh, – I don't think many people expected Scott to to win that going into that. I'm sure everyone had kind of written off Scott. And uh, that kind of shows you the magic of what can happen with skins. Yeah, all these guys yeah. have the capability of throwing um, a decent distance. And all it takes is one magic shot. We've all played skins. We've all had the throw-ins from the fairway or from the T-pad, depending if you're getting an ace or not. I mean, that's what skins is. Honestly, it's it's the ability to be aggressive and not really have too much of a a, a fallback repercussion. Yeah. yeah, there's no repercussions to it. Yeah. There's no there's no score, You're, so to speak. As a spectator, I couldn't imagine how much fun that's going to be getting to see the most aggressive play from these guys mm-hmm. both days. Yeah. Totally agree with that. Um, okay, so that's the format. Those are the players. And and they're playing for obviously this big money throughout the entire weekend. There's you can win it early, and then you can go ahead and win a bunch of money throughout the weekend. GK Pro has, of course, done uh, largely the OTB skins series, and has has blazed the trail, or or has you know continued to push forward FPO coverage largely on the Disc Golf Pro Tour. Where where does live? I think that's what the, you know. The next major question people would say is, how does live come about, and and break down kind of the philosophy to you guys wanting this live and and what that really means. What does that all entail? Well, um, at the beginning of the season, uh, we never intended to do it live. Actually, um, we were you know we're a post production company. Our when we film the FPO, so we film FPO lead card for the Disc Golf Pro mm-hmm. Tour, which has been fantastic these last three years. And if you go and look at like just the growth of those videos, like FPO is becoming a really exciting destination. Mm-hmm. And so our camera guys have been out there, and this season, and really honestly, for a couple seasons now, they've they've been running the live operations on that FPO lead card for the disc golf network mm-hmm. and I'm sure, you know, obviously, you know, both of you guys are pretty heavily involved with that <laughs> broadcast. So, you know, us, uh, you know, that we run the cameras out there pretty occasionally, Bob, our catch cam for skins is probably like your favorite catch cam to work with. I would assume <laughs> just because yes. we know how professional he is and we know how like serious and genuinely he wants to sell the shot. So we, we have a lot of experience working uh, at least as a camera team working in live. And so, you know, like I said, we didn't intend to do that live, but when we had the first skins match this season at Eagles crossing the, the probably the, like the worst part of that. And there's really no bad part actually, but the, the bummer for me was that there was so many spoilers like, 
and like it was destined to happen obviously right like mm-hmm. there's a there's a couple hundred people out there with cell phones like it was going to get spoiled and i knew that but like seeing the spoilers happen in real time uh was kind of a bummer so like immediately i kind of started to think about like is there a way to do skins live and so you know we we basically we just right around then is when we started thinking about you know kind of going in that direction but it's hey it's been hard it's dude live is a challenge like you guys know (laughs) nah come on it's it's gonna be good it's gonna be awesome but like setting up all of those all the variables of getting a great broadcast together we had to go you know gk pro is not a live company so we had to go completely outside of the disc golf media industry and we had to pick up a company that does live broadcasts regularly so the, the um, company as a real quick let's talk about the company because i know there's been as there always is you know there's questions about the people from outside the industry you know that we're bringing in these are people that you know nobody really has any experience with uh this is the the people helping you with the live production is a company called mason productions is that accurate yeah and yeah that's that's right it you know he um it's it's a it's probably like a mid-sized production company. There's about 40 full-time staff members there, but you know, in, in media production, the majority of your work's actually done by contract labor, union labor, that kind of thing. So that's actually a pretty sizable, uh, studio, but that, that, that company's worked on a lot of different type of projects, sports broadcasts, news, they've set up, you know, installs for, for broadcast situations. And then they've even done directing. He directed, uh, some stuff for house of cards and other television programs. Um, but you know, he brings a certain amount of professionalism to it, which is really awesome. Um, so what we're doing is we're trying to collaborate really closely to make sure that the disc golf experience comes through, uh, properly. So he's bringing out the equipment. He's bringing out the, you know, sort of the technical engineering side of this. And what we're trying to do is is make sure that the audience really gets like a genuine skins experience still. And my understanding is, you know, based on some of the things I've read, we're talking the, the course is already wired for mesh, right? Like that was done before this. Is that correct in saying that? Yeah. Yeah, so there's a fiber optic internet connection for Eagles Crossing, which is great because, you know, if if you're in, if you're at a disc golf course, a lot of times people know this. It, a, there's a lot of cell phone connections going on, so already you've got a slow signal. But then if you're at the disc golf pro tour, you've got uh, a bunch of live view uh, connection broadcast devices that stream like a hundred cell phones at once per backpack. So. <laughs> It's nice that people can go to Eagles Crossing, free Wi-Fi, hop right on anywhere they're at on the course. He's got, you can see them. They're nice, you know, truss antennas, you know, spaced out evenly throughout the course, you know, hidden, you know, around trees and stuff so they don't get in the way. But uh, that that was set up not for the intention of a broadcast because, you know, Philip really, when he set that up, he, he wanted it to be a broadcast thing, but he didn't know that broadcasts, use banded cellular technology right so um he you know he just considers broadcast to be wired in just like all the other stuff he's been around but um the mesh network is definitely like it's really it's really fast it's really good but we we 
we didn't give ourselves enough runway to to use that as the broadcast medium this year. Unfortunately, I wish we would have had more lead time on that just to sort out all of the issues because the last thing we want to do is charge someone and then have a bunch of drops. So like if we can't guarantee an absolute great show, then it just wasn't, it wasn't feasible. It's definitely workable technology out there. It can be done fantastic, but you've got to have a lot of time and you've got to have uh, a little bit of technical finesse because you aren't using cellular modems anymore. You're using the Wi-Fi, So it's, it's getting there. It's definitely going to be ready for next season to, to do it that way. No problem. And, you know, there's even some rumors that he might just install a bunch of fiber optic cables all over the place. So we'll see yeah, what happens. I think that's the future. We, we t- years ago, we talked with Steve Dodge about this at Maple Hill because there was always some issues way on the backside of Maple Hill. So Steve and I, we all had a conversation about how can we get around this? Can we run, you know, a, a, a large antenna, you know, from the SAP house and, and a point-to-point network or run fiber optic cable and have it, you know, terminate at the SAP house? So to see... The long-term future, I think you're right. Courses like Eagles Crossing that are already pre-wired. There's a joke about the Masters event that it's really just a network with a golf course on top of it. You know, because that's that's what I think the future holds. So the fact that we're already seeing some of this with the mesh network on site and and then on top of that, so now you're going to run miles of fiber cable or maybe you're not, but Mason productions is going to run miles of uh, fiber cable around the course. Is that, uh, do do you you know much Um, about that? I've been in those meetings. Um, so yeah, he it's, it's a mix of a lot of technical solutions. There's fiber cables. There's the, the six G 12 G S D I cables, that kind of thing. There's a little bit of wireless, you know, signal sending through low latency systems, it's it's a very high high level uh, solution for the broadcast. So I, this might be the first time where we're seeing this much money get invested into a single broadcast because it, it's definitely it, it's it's enough to buy a small house, honestly. Um, and again, uh, that was sort of an unexpected cost that we didn't realize we were going to have, and not you know not as GK Pro, but we, you know, we, we've been trying to develop some different broadcast relationships and advertising relationships. And when things don't quite go perfectly, every single time Eagles Crossing has just stepped up to the plate and said, you know what, let's have a hell of an event, like, and just basically subsidize the broadcast. So, and that's phenomenal. So- and we're we're seeing with the cellular broadcast. Obviously, you're looking at, you know, we're compressing a signal down to cellular and, you know, a, a minimal, like as, you know, if you want to get techie about it, about five meg per second, as opposed to cameras, which what you guys record on, which can record anywhere from 25 to 50 meg per second. Um, mm-hmm. So to be able to see that, that video, hopefully more or less uncompressed pulled to a satellite truck is what I understand is what I've heard um, to then rebroadcast it out to the different platforms, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a few minutes as well. That that so it, it is going to go through the internet. It yes. won't be a satellite because there is the fiber there. Okay, but so it he, is, well, that's even better. There will be a truck. A truck. There, there will be a truck, yeah. and then the feed will go from the truck. The cameras will go to the truck, and the truck will go into that fiber line and out to the world. 
Yeah, that's even better. If there's no satellite, then you then you don't have to worry nearly as much about anything. So so we're we're looking at getting a production that looks almost as good as a uh, we'll say an ESPN broadcast or watching the skins match pre-recorded is that is that what i'm hearing close to it are we guessing the the one thing that the mason productions has really promised us is the clarity of the picture right so and that you know we're using we're using up you know the the cameras that gk pro use are are pretty nice cameras you know two of our cameras are cinema cameras and then the other three cameras we use are like you know the traditional disc golf camcorders um and you know, it's, you know, I don't want to divulge too much about broadcast, but a lot, basically all of disc golf is shooting on cameras that are, you know, uh, less than $10,000, which yeah. is uh, still a lot of money. Like, uh, you know, any camera over a hundred bucks is a lot of money, right? Like your iPhone is, you know, you know, it's not free, but you already have it. Right. So you could shoot on that, but you know, these cameras are expensive, but like the type of cameras that uh, normal broadcast uses are multiples higher than those cameras in, in terms of cost. So I'm hoping that we get to, you know, that everyone will get to see kind of disc golf sort of filmed to like the fullest extent uh, that it's, that it's been. Um, it should look really good. It should be formatted pretty well. There's some slight adjustments with skins because it's going to be live now. Right. So that's that's different. This is skins is normally an hour and 45 minute uh, long show. Mm-hmm. So now we're getting into like seven, eight hours of, of broadcast. So, you know, there's that's kind of going to be the fun part of translating all that. But having interview stations and a broadcast desk and being able to check in with people on different holes is really our goal there. How much from the because you guys are and, and I'm going to go out on a not far limb and say that um, the camera guys I work with when I'm doing the broadcast, you guys and the pro tour guys, hands down, best cameramen on the course. No doubt in my mind. You guys, you guys knock it out of the park week after week after week. How much of the live broadcast experience that you have now had is rolling into this new live broadcast? Because Mason Productions has never done a disc golf broadcast. There's only probably four companies in the world that have really done a live broadcast of disc golf. And so we're bringing in someone who has never done this before, but you guys kind of have some experience just being on that side of it, seeing the back end and how, how I and other directors work. How much of that have you relayed over to them to, to kind of make the two plans meet? Well, you know, the, the first kind of the first step there was, uh, have the executive producer and the technical producer at that company watch the skins matches and not just watch Eagles Crossing skins matches, but go ahead and watch a few others too. And that was, and that was kind of the first step of, you know, making sure that they knew what the product was and what the audience is kind of expecting. And so the next step there, um, was speaking with them about the players' personalities and about, you know, what, what is, what is the energy like on the card or that kind of thing. And then obviously we got, we dove technically in 
to it. And we talked about camera work and that kind of thing. And so we actually thought deeply on, you know, camera work is really key to a broadcast, obviously. You gotta have everything framed properly in focus. And, you know, the camera operators that he would, that he has, um, the contractors and then the staff people, they're, they're phenomenal camera operators. I and mean, they all have multiple years in the industry. It's not a matter of pulling focus or, mm-hmm. or knowing how to frame or anything like that. It's, it's really just a matter of uh, Frisbee's fly weird, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. especially if you, you're not a, you know, if you're not a, th- if you're not a chucker, then how are you, you might not be able to predict that. So our solution was as much as we can to integrate GK Pro cameramen, especially on the important cameras. So the important camera is the catch cam. T-cam, you can almost, if you know how to run a camera, you're comfortable with your camera, you're right there behind it. You just have to follow it and keep it framed. Um, with catch cam, you've really got to put a lot of thought into what you're doing uh, to make it work right. And then you guys know Bob. Our catch cam's the best. Bob's yeah. the best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, and we've said that for years. I think... You know, and there's always been this debate is it's uh, for me, you know, obviously running usually my own solo stuff. But then when I've brought new people on board to help out and be part of the team on any given weekend, whether it was Smash Rocks or Disc Golf Guy, it was taking disc golfers to teach them how to become cameramen was was easier because they know when Waisaki steps up with a forehand, they have a general idea which direction it's going to go versus, you know, For watching sure. Chris Clemens step up with a backhand or a forehand. And then even knowing the players and then knowing what they're trying to do, all of those things certainly help. But like you said, if you're, if you're primarily relying on your regular, you know, cameramen, and then you have other guys filling in with some of the easier quote unquote, easier positions, I think that's the way to do it. Are you, are you expecting again, pulling from we'll say the the network and what we've developed into after all these years are you expecting four or five six ish cameras like what's kind of the what's kind of the overall plan there and how much and maybe the follow-up to that is how much do you feel like obviously we're kind of expecting then maybe a little bit better image quality but how much do you feel like it's going to emulate or be similar to a live disc golf network broadcast that most people have just become accustomed to. Yeah. Um, so as far as the amount of cameras and the coverage, um, I th- it's going to, it's going to be about any, at any given time on Saturday, about six to eight cameras are going to be out there in the field. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sort of like the typical disc golf broadcast. You know, the one thing like, you know, it's a traditional style broadcast, but in reality, if you go to a PGA event, there's 40 plus camera channels. <laughs> so, you know, we're not, we didn't have that kind of budget for that. So, we, you know, we're saying it's a traditional broadcast, but it's just because they're running the same type of cameras. They've run the cabling and then they're running it back to a truck on site that has a studio built into it and an audio engineer and, you know, replay guys that hold the whole, the whole show. So, um, it's, it's going to look really good. The amount of coverage we're going to try to get on Saturday. Cause you know, Saturday is multiple cards going out. We're going to just try to get everyone like, we're going to try to get people what they want, which is see some aggressive play. So we're going to try to monitor kind of like where people are at and kind of see what's going to be the best action to follow. Uh, and then we'll send Luke out there. We'll send out, 
uh, you know, someone to kind of follow the car, check in, show some action, maybe switch back. You know, if we start getting some pushes, switch over to another card. Um, the Saturday broadcast, obviously, is actually going to be just like, just right there. All the cameras, kind of everything moving um, just towards that 50,000 for the players. Okay. So the, so, I was gonna say the, the broadcast, is it Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or just Saturday, Sunday? It's actually just Saturday, Sunday. Okay. So we're not filming the, yeah, we're not filming that Friday tournament. Um, Just logistically and budget wise, we just didn't didn't feel like it was necessary. And so just to, just to make it as clear as we can, so we can help promote and relay it. What are you looking at for a broadcast time? Um, Not, not necessarily just the time, but like, you're you're expecting a three to four hour broadcast both days, something like that. Is that per round? Yeah. So Saturday would be an eight a.m. start to a, something like a noon finish with some interviews and and some stuff uh, for the people that are moving on. Maybe some of the people that are saying goodbye, and then a two o'clock start to uh, you know roughly a five thirty six o'clock finish with the same deal, some mm-hmm. post interviews, and you know at that point we'll know who's going into Sunday and we'll have at our disposal some of the best commentators and interviewers in the game with Nate Sexton, Big Germ, Paul Uliberry on the grounds who've agreed to, if they don't move on, assist us in doing some production and broadcast stuff. And then the follow-up to that is, um, I I, I think it was a rumor. I don't know. That's why we're here. Uh, (laughs) Primarily Luke, yourself, and Zach Melton, or what's kind of the... Is there an official, we'll say, commentary team that's starting? So out Zach made lead card. <laughs> Zach Zach got a feature card um, somewhere. Yeah, he's a pro disc golfer, so he he accepted that position, and we'll be playing a okay. tournament next weekend. So he won't be there with us, but I'm going to be doing some of that. There's, um... yeah. So there there will be a broadcaster there to sort of back up Luke you know, go, doing intros and outros for the studio. And so we're, we're not looking to bring in a, you know, a totally new face, but we've, we've got a guy who's basically going to just kind of lightly host the show and help Luke assist with more of the, more of the technical side of a live broadcast where obviously Luke's actually helped you guys out with live stuff before on the disc golf network. But as far as making Luke do, nine plus hours of all of that I think was going to be a little unfeasible and he wants to play the glow round and all that so only, <laughs> and, trust me, have... only, only nut jobs are on the air for like eight to nine hours right Tara <laughs> stupid enough to do that what idiot just blathers so, on for that <laughs> I want to talk real quick about the uh, the distribution method we yeah. we're, we're, we're seeing um, what is it live disc golf tv.com or something well i'll have to dig that up but there's two ways to watch this you can you can get it on the the website you pay 14.99 for it and also via youtube is that correct and and can you do you know the difference between the platforms so with youtube um you know it's a channel membership so Mm. you're you know if you if you join that and you're just wanting to watch the skins make sure that don't let it hit charge your card the next month. I'm just giving everyone a warning, friendly warning. So mm-hmm. that it is technically a channel membership. YouTube does keep a pretty big share of that, but it, it's going to be a really stable 
platform for it to be streamed. Um, you know, YouTube is like almost no technical issues at all, you know, fingers crossed, obviously, but they, they have a lot of infrastructure. So we felt like if we can send people to our YouTube channel, they're already used to watching it on skins or skins on our YouTube channel. So you're already right there. You can watch it. And then the live is set up just as sort of an auxiliary type broadcast um, mm-hmm. For anyone who, for some logistical reason, can't make it work on YouTube, they have that. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, we're we're definitely like, we're down to kind of air it anywhere. So there is some conversations with some other companies happening. But, you know, it's it's all been sort of really a fast-moving last six weeks of this tour for everyone. And so... What we're trying to do is mainly just kind of get everything really high quality broadcast wise and make sure that we've got a great product and then we can, and then we decided to kind of market and, and really start to sell it. So you're going to hear a lot of buzz over the next three days as the players show up to the chorus and start practicing. You're going to see a lot more posts on social media about it and, uh, it's going to be pretty exciting for those guys shooting for 50,000. I like, I can't imagine that kind of pressure, honestly, because I don't, I'm not a competitive <laughs> disc golfer. So, yeah. you know, I just play for fun. <laughs> we'll try to get in on Friday, you know, get, get into that tournament. <laughs> yeah, there you go. They might need me in that booth to kind of help keep things together. But, <laughs> um, so, uh, and I, I don't think there's any, uh, I think it's worth the clarification. If uh, you just said tons of people, of course, you're, you know, hundred thousand plus subscribers, uh, can do it on YouTube in, in that capacity and in that method. Would you prefer, like if if you had your druthers, I think is the phrase, would you prefer uh, they they use livediscgolf.net? Is, is, there, is that more advantageous? No, there's literally guys? no. No, no, no. There, it's, it's choose whatever works best for you. We, we just want the customer experience or the, the viewer experience to be really good. Do you know the player that be a customer and have the, the experience be good? Yeah. I was going to say, do you know what? Yeah. The, do, you know, do you know what kind of player the live disc golf.net? Because YouTube, obviously, you can do Chromecast, you can cast it to your TV. If if you if with all that stuff, usually, what what player is going is going to is that something I can I'm going to be able to? So that's the TV? advantage, right? Yeah, you'll be able to definitely watch it on your TV with the YouTube mm-hmm. with the Vim with the with the live disc golf.net. That's a Vimeo platform. Okay. So what we're trying to do is see if we can have it on the Vimeo app that's native to um, the app store, but we just didn't have time to set that app up as like, you know, it's a pretty big investment to do that. As you guys know, it's, it's definitely not cheap. And at this point we've just run into so many um, unexpected costs with everything else. It's just like, let's get the broadcast out there and see what happens with, with uh, like people watching before we go off and, you know, build a custom app for everyone to watch. To a naysayer or, or a detractor or, or everyone in between, or just someone genuinely curious where, where, how, and where do you land at? We'll say 1499. Um, and, and I set that up by saying, you know, people know what it is for a month of disc golf network. And then you have a, a PDGA, you know, possible discount, and then somebody could turn around and say that still isn't shit because uh, you you pay ninety nine ninety nine to watch one night of UFC, 
So I, you know, I, I'm right. certainly not a detractor, but where, where, you know, when somebody says fourteen ninety nine, like, uh, and I get, I get the that thousand there, I have that to some buy this people year. would have. Yeah, I get that some people would would definitely have some feelings about the fourteen ninety nine, especially with just not having enough time to really let it wash over them. And that's probably that was probably my personal fault of not just getting the messaging out really clear as soon as I knew I could. But um, the fourteen ninety nine was. You know, and really, honestly, like we wish we could do it for free, but a hundred thousand just doesn't pay for itself, right? But, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, <laughs> like to be honest, uh, fourteen ninety nine was kind of like, you know, we didn't, we di- we obviously over twenty dollars. We're not offering three days or four days of broadcast. USDGC is a four day broadcast. Traditionally, in the past, it had been, I think, t- was it, was it twenty? Was it nineteen ninety nine? Was it? Yeah. At least sure. if maybe twenty four ninety nine at some point, but mm-hmm. so that was kind of a part of it is like pr- cost per day um, versus events that had been traditionally held, and then um, you know we obviously know that we're not going to get everyone who uh, who watches disc golf to to watch it, but um, we think that if we could get you know a decent amount of viewership, it could be maybe the start to something that's really fun for these players, and then. You know, if we can if we can get enough viewership to kind of just break even, or or you know profit just a slight amount, then like guys, it's going to get awesome. I'm just personal message yeah. to the audience, like the volume's going to get turned up so much. Yeah, I'm really excited to finally see a broadcast that is, you know, you know I've done live broadcasting for disc golf with Terry and whatever for ten years now. That's started almost ten years ago with Disc Golf Planet, and to, to see a broadcast for almost the first time put in the amount of money that people want to see a broadcast in. Because regardless of how Disc Golf Network is, it's still, I don't want to say a shoestring budget because that's not true. But it is it's not, not cheap what you guys do. The it's not cheap what we do. But it's definitely not cheap what we do. But we also don't have the, the time or ability to put in a hundred plus thousand dollars into live for every event. And that's just for, you know, cabling and and people and this and that, like, right. It's almost like time is the bigger constrictor. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So I'm really excited to see what a, a a true new broadcast can do. Cause I, I think back and I think of there, there are two other broadcasts. I really think of that kind of had something similar was no, nobody laughed, but the, the old American disc golf tour, uh, oh, where they man, they, they had they they had like the 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 whole like the six holes that they went in a circle, and then there was one over in Europe that they set up for like six holes or something that Avery and Jamie Thomas had done some commenting on that had mm-hmm. a big production broadcast company, and those looked. I remember that one. Yeah, those looked good. You know, there there were content mm-hmm. issues and this and that, but ultimately it was they were semi successful. So I'm really excited to see something now. I mean, it's been five or six years since we've seen anything like that to have a truly wired broadcast. So, I, I mean, I'm, you, you're, already, you're already getting my money just because I, I want to see what can happen, and I'm a techie guy like that. So I'm yeah, really, I'm really excited. Sure. Yeah, we want, we want to have a really, really high-quality event, um, and we want the audience to feel like they got their money's worth. That's, like, the most important thing to us. And in all honesty, like, we really wish we could have kept it free, but 
if we're going to start bringing this type of money into disc golf uh, for the players and the pros, like there's two ways to do that, right? There's the really big advertising deals and going out and putting in the work with the sales teams and getting the bigger brands to come in. And that's definitely possible. And like you guys did a great job with Barbasol and it's, it's trending in that direction. And then the other way to do it is crowdfund it. And we know that there's, you know, we know there's a certain amount of people that tune in almost like within the, the first couple hours of skins being published, uh, you know, on Tuesdays, those people are, are pretty big fans and they're excited to see it. So we're hoping that they tune in, um, if they, if they're not working or if they have the free time and, uh, we're going to put on a really cool thing. And I don't think anyone's going to be able to predict who's going to win this thing. <laughs> no. So you guys could try. <laughs> But is there a bracket somewhere? No is is there a way? Is there a way to submit any of your picks? People should betting on right <laughs> after Friday's qualifying. There's we're gonna release a bracket. Yeah, it'll it'll be forty eight and it'll be set then, so we mm-hmm. don't have the full bracket yet. But, that makes uh, look for that on Big Money Skins as well. Yeah, we'll post a, we'll post up some pictures of it to our Instagram, some graphic images. And one last thing, I want to clear up, make sure everyone's familiar with this. This is a live broadcast. Is there plans to do anything post-production after the fact? 30, 60, two years down the line? Like, what is what is the plan with this thing? Because obviously you guys are a post-production, a primarily post-production. That's what you're known for. Sure. That's what you guys are awesome sure. at. Is, is something like that going to happen or is that off the books? Yeah. So clarity to that is we, you know, we don't own the right, the broadcast rights to the big money skins championship. That is. That was always an Eagles Crossing production. Um, you know, GK Skins is is sponsored in a way, and it's structured in a way that it's um, it is sponsored and almost executively produced by Eagles Crossing. So, but it, Big Money Skins is in itself sort of its own entity, and so it will not be available, unfortunately, as a front nine back nine special on OTB Skins. It's not going to have OTB branding in it. It's not going to have advertising in it. It's not going to have CTPs in it. Uh, it's going to be pure, uh, pure super competitive golf. <laughs> so, um, yeah, um, it will live on as like there. If you do, if you like, let's say you're at work and you can't make it for Sunday's broadcast or your church or something like that. You're out playing golf. Or you're at an A tier. You're going to be able to go back and watch the broadcast. But there won't be there won't be a, a broken down, condensed, um, you know, shot for shot uh, post produced of it. And I think that's that one will of not. The, I think that's one of the the advantages to if you want to sign up somewhere to do it via YouTube just for that one just for that reason. If you're going to pay the fifteen dollars, do that. Then you probably have at least thirty days to watch it until you, maybe you cancel your you know your yeah. It'll be right there in the membership. Yeah, yeah, yeah in exactly. the membership and, area. So and, and, and we're, and we're trying a, to secure more places yeah. to put this broadcast, but just you know, people we're you know people are working with us pretty pretty well. But for right now, you know, if you just go to GK Pro's YouTube channel and you, you see right down at the bottom of the video, it says join, and you can click it right there. Okay, uh, we're we're gonna start to wrap up, but I've got a couple of final questions first. Uh, let's start with you, Luke. Uh, of course, you've you've worked yourself into this amazing uh, scenario, and and it, it's got to be awesome. When 
there's this much money on the line. Does anything change for you as a commentator, as a personality out there, whether it's the seriousness or or just in general, any any personal intensities knowing we're live or you're going to be live? Do you feel like anything for you changes internally? You know, this will be my 80th, essentially 80th episode roughly of, of doing this now. So I've gotten a lot more comfortable in the role. I'll probably grab an extra coffee and make sure I'm sharp with it. But um, nothing nothing too different. You know, added cash is, is going to make the heart pump a little bit. And I'll be feeling it when these guys are trying to cash a 40 footer for 15 grand or something, you know, like I was with the last big money skins, but just trying to stay, stay calm and make light of the situation. Like I normally do is what I'll be aiming to do. Okay. Okay. And then Luke, I'll let you think on this while I ask it of Isaac. Is there any misconceptions or, or I guess I, this is also kind of just an open plat or open, open floor, but are there any major misconceptions that you'd love to just squash or address or hit on because, you know, you saw somebody post this and it's just dead wrong or inaccurate is if there is any, whether we've talked about them or not, is there any you want to drive home that you want to correct or fix or update? Um, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know. I don't read the comment section. Uh, (laughs) You're not a YouTuber then. Jeez, come I, on. Well, there's I do so much that like if I read the comment section, what else like just it can drag off. you in. It's, it's, yeah, it can drag you in and then off. I can't focus and uh <laughs> okay, there, okay. you know, I think there's a I think okay, we'll be let's have a little transparency. So, I think that there's a, a misconception that we're out here maybe looking for kind of an end of season big money win for ourselves. And that's definitely not happening. Um it's we're trying to drive the brand of skins forward. And so we're, we're being creative and we're doing something new. It's, you know, for lack of better words, we're experimenting with the product. And, um, the, the, maybe if people could perceive that the 1499 isn't any kind of way lining in anyone's pocketbooks, I promise you that every single penny that comes in to this event is going to, in some way or another, go right back into Eagles Crossing. So, um, you know, if you look at it like that, it's actually, you're almost sort of a way able to look at it as like an investment in the future of disc golf. Um, and you're investing in a course that is, could be world renowned for maybe the next 50 to a hundred years for disc golf. And people, once people start to think about that, I think it will really set in this weekend uh, what's going on. Okay. I love it. I love it. Now, I'll similar but maybe slightly different than Luke would be, uh, what's the dumbest comment that you've seen and or most inaccurate thing that you've seen about this that you, you can be like, it's blank. You know, it's not this. Have you or... only seen bad comments, Terry? Is that what's <laughs> no, happening no, here? No, but like, t- Terry, I Terry's, haven't looked, so I don't know. T- Terry's area of the internet tends what to have... you know like, that I he, don't know? He, 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 he's very broad with Terry's internet, but you know, when you have such a broad spectrum, there are there are I won't say shines of light because that's the opposite of what it is. But there are spectrums that Terry frequents that aren't necessarily the most positive. So he does get I, to see just, the good and the bad. There, there's a lot of dumb people that say a lot of ridiculous things. And, and the ones He's that get the me blinds. the most. Yeah. 
the ones that get me the most are the ones that are just completely 100% inaccurate. You can have a, you can have in my, you know, I'll say a shitty opinion about something. That's fine. But when you come to the table and you post a, B and C and rah, 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 and all a, B and C are just wrong. And, but you know, you're leading some charge or you have some big platform, yeah. or, you know, or, you know, you're driving that train, but a, B and C are wrong right off the, and I know they're wrong. Cause I was physically there or I know the story like that's, those are the ones that irk me that, that such stupid, vile, inaccurate information can spread so easily. Opinions are sure. one thing, but when you're just like filled with inaccurate data and I see it posted that those are the times, unfortunately, that I kind of have to like insert yeah, myself sure. and sometimes say something. So that's why I love asking that question is, is there anything you've seen or heard where you're like, oh, OK, no, 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 that's wrong. Let me set the record straight. I think, that's. I th- thank you. I think it's a good question. And I have read some comments, Terry, and there are mixed feelings out there. But I think there's an assumption um, that our broadcast is going to be something. Um, maybe something that they've seen before, but it, it's really, it's a, you know, give us your trust. You've given it to us now for two years when we've, we've showed you personalities in disc golf. We've showed you things you didn't even know you wanted. Um, so allow us to experiment. Uh, we're going to do our best to bring you an amazing broadcast. Um, and, and at the end of the day, like, I think one thing that maybe in a broad sense, a, a general industry sense is that, all of the major companies and players in disc golf and professional disc golf are in, they're in growth burn mode. They're not in, a lot of these companies are making huge investments back right into the sport. Um, You know, whether it be a manufacturer upgrading their distribution or their actual manufacturing of the plastic or whether it be Disc Golf Network each year, like spending so much money trying to upgrade, you know, not just the the broadcast, but upgrade the stuff for the, the touring pros, upgrade the things for the employees and take care of the employees, you know, better each year. So, you know, that, you know, I think there's some people that think that there's just someone sitting there with a big bag of cash, just filling that, you know, getting bigger, you know, (laughs) that bag getting bigger and bigger. And uh, I'll let you know when that happens. Uh, You'll see it, you know, you'll see it start to post, but all of disc golf right now, we're we're reinvesting back into the sport. We're putting everything back in to it right now. And especially right now with, you know, we're, everything's kind of starting to slow down with the season. We're all starting to think about how do we grow for next year? So, uh, that's, that's where the sport's at. And, you know, I think, you know, even, even like everyone in the sport could do a better job of kind of considering, considering where we're at, uh, you know, with communicating that, you know, communicating that we're trying to push it, make it better for the pros, make it better for the audience and ultimately make it better for everyone. We'll get more disc golf courses, more amps can play, you know? Yeah. I've got two real quick tech questions. One. Is, are, do you guys have a drone for this weekend? Don't know. Uh, that's a great question. I know. Someone There's asked, so many little details. Yeah, I someone didn't get asked that on the board. And, and my question is, is I always think of. Uh, we have drones, so I don't see why we yeah. couldn't do that. 
GK Pro mm-hmm. graphics? You guys going to do your own graphics, or is there like a custom graphics theme that we're going to see? Or like score? That's a great and- question. <laughs> yeah. So obviously we're switching That's why around we're tr- to a we're, lot of different we're billing parts. you for consulting after yeah, this is a consulting call. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, you have my email, so just, yeah, send it over. but, um, we're going to keep the graphics a little bit more simple. Um, again, you know, if people knew how many backend producers it took to put on like the, the type of graphics show that you get at NBA or with the NFL, or even with, even with the PGA tour, like the amount of backend producers, it's, it's literally two rooms full of producers sitting there on computers preparing stuff for that kind of thing. So I think disc golf's a little, you know, maybe a little early uh, on from that, but uh, the graphics are going to be kind of traditional to like what you see on the disc golf network broadcast. Right. But, you know, just sort of simple with the, you know, the whole information and then you can kind of see what your top people are doing. And then obviously what are our top people doing? They're earning actual money. So you're just going to see a money line. line. Yeah. That's awesome. Money. And I, I want to thank you guys because yeah. I, I credit the OTB skins f- um, for the, the, the huge explosion that we're seeing with other production companies in our sport doing all these extra things. You know, we've, we've seen what Jomez does with the practice rounds and stuff like that. And we've seen a uh, gatekeeper and Ricky's thing. But I honestly credit OTB and GK Pro with the skins really lighting that match. Honestly, I think you guys have pushed the bar better. You know, people weren't. It was years ago that Terry and I jokingly talked about getting like, I think we wanted to film like disc like every Thursday with players when we first started live broadcasting. And we were like, "Ugh, the players are going to be practicing on Wednesdays and Thursdays. They're not going to want to do things like that. And it went right out the window and we never, ever talked about it again. Um, But you guys made it happen. And it's all I think a lot of this stuff is because of gk pro and the skins match and i i can't i can't thank you enough for the the effort and i mean obviously the extra work you guys put in every week on the pro tour but just the the amount of effort you guys are 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 doing out there and it's phenomenal yeah well we appreciate we appreciate that and we appreciate the support that that you guys give us every week and uh the pro tour gives us and you guys are obviously a part of that and then we appreciate all the fans. Yeah. Um, really, like honestly, like when when we started it during COVID, we it was just a necessity thing, you know. We it was do it was do or don't exist as a company anymore. So, and then that's like been a way that we've been able to with skins being sort of the content backbone to GK Pro, we can go in and we can do a really good job for the FPO lead card each week because we have that solid foundation from skins. So we've been able to upgrade each year and we're super proud of that. Um, like the graphics have gotten better, the quality of the camera work and the image quality and the audio quality each year we're reinvesting in it. So we're trying to push, um, push out the best content for free as much as we can. And we're going to continue to do that. Like as soon as this pay-per-view is over, we're going to have some amazing free content coming out for you guys that you've never even seen before stuff. That's, totally unique um that you and like there's a lot of companies actually dgn is coming out with something that i'm really excited to watch uh, i think it's called on tour mm-hmm. and uh so, you know there's going to be so much cool content this winter 
And we're going to continue to put out a lot of free content and do a lot of cool things this off season. So we appreciate you guys having us on to talk about the skins match and clarify some stuff for the audience. And uh, if you if you guys want any more information, you can try to message us on Instagram. We're generally pretty good about that. You can send us an email. Um, you can kind of put it. You can go to gkprodisc.com and you can reach us there, or you can go to Big Money Skins and reach out there. Um, tickets are available now. If you if you've been kind of on the fence whether or not you want to go, I can guarantee you this is worth every penny and all the time that it's going to take to drive there. If you're not in St. Louis, maybe you're a little bit further away, it'll be worth it. Um, you're going to see disc golf history going to get made. Um, you're going you're, you're gonna to get to see so much. It's going to be an amazing weekend, and we really hope to see you guys there. I was this close to flying into St. Louis. I, I have the weekend without disc you golf should. network. Like, I, I, I was like, what, what's going on? My wife has stuff, and I have kids' things this weekend. Because she, she laughed at me when I said, hey, now that I've got nothing disc golf broadcasting. It's going to be like 75 and sunny. I know. It's going to be, gonna be way better weather. than here. But, yeah, I finally put the kibosh <laughs> on that. But and so instead, I'm just going to sub to the YouTube page and, and watch and have it on all weekend. Whether my family likes well, it or first not, go so. online and bitch about the pay per view, but then, but then, <laughs> never, never, That's never. Exactly. If, if you get three yeah, rounds, you got fifteen if, bucks, bro. <laughs> yeah. If if you don't have fifteen bucks for entertainment, that's great. You don't don't pay for anything then. Like focus on food and rent. Like I, I said, say. we're going to keep putting out free stuff on YouTube. It's, it just won't be big money skins. Exactly. We're going to keep doing a lot of free stuff. Exactly. And 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 just you know what? I, I, everything. I figure three rounds at four hours a round, you're looking at 12 hours worth of entertainment for 15 bucks. That's barely over a dollar an hour. Dollar like, 25 an hour. I don't got that. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Money. I, I think it's like, phenomenal. <laughs> I think it's great. And it's, it's, it's the yeah. best bang for your buck that you can get. And again, if we, if guys, if we can get a good viewership, this is me speaking to the audience, the OTV skins audience or anyone else who's maybe heard about skins or maybe just cares about, the particular pro they like. Maybe you're a Calvin fan or maybe you're an Ezra fan. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe you're a Ricky fan. Those guys are going to be out there. You can support them. There's a crowd fundraiser going on. If you go to Big Money Skins, there's a link over. You can actually yeah. buy discs that support the player. I think like 10 or 20% of the proceeds go to the, the player's charity of choice. Um, there's, there's just going to be a lot of fun activity. And if we can have a successful viewership, I can guarantee you guys like, uh, Eagles Crossing Productions is going to uh, turn up the volume quite a bit. Sky's the limit. Yeah. Yep. Heck yeah, guys. We really appreciate it. We, you know, I was going to say we wish you the best off season, but as we all know, when you're working as hard as you are, there's not much of an off season. But uh, we really appreciate you guys joining us, giving us the insights and some, you know, pulling back the curtain a little bit to uh, let us know what we could expect, what the world should be able to expect. And, of course, we're, we'll be subscribed and, and supporting in every possible way and uh, also pushing it out there for others to watch and to see. So uh, best of luck uh, to you in every possible way. It's, it's no small undertaking, as you've already experienced, and uh, it definitely is exciting stuff for all of disc golf. So thank you guys for, uh, for really just busting your asses, you and everyone else that's involved, including – you know, everyone over at Eagles Crossing, it's uh, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. And as you said, I think this is just, you know, you just said it, Luke, the sky's the limit. And and uh, this looks to be the start of or the continuation of some really big stuff. So looking forward to it. I just subbed right now. <laughs> 15 bucks. Ah, there you go. Boom. <laughs> Damn, nice, I can't afford that beer. 
All right, gentlemen, we're going to cut you loose. Uh, Keep grinding. Keep working as hard as you are. And uh, everybody loves and appreciates it. And uh, looking forward to seeing the action this weekend. So best of luck down there. Have fun. All right, guys. See you. Thanks, guys. All right. Have a good night. See ya. Bye. All right. Awesome. That's I'm really I really am excited. And a part of it is the fact that I don't have to do anything. (laughs) <laughs> so it's one of the few broadcasts lazy 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 sob one of the few broadcasts i can just sit back and relax and and and, and enjoy it and and look at what they're doing and how they hopefully handle things again to me it's really exciting to see like a new production company come in and, and with a different viewpoint because we you know everything that you see on disc golf networks comes from usually me or mo or whatever like how we've learned to produce and so to have a new company come in with a fresh point of view, I'm really excited to see what they can do. And I, I hope everybody does sub. Um, I've Again, I said it during the broadcast. I'll say it or during our little interview, and I'll say it again. The GK Pro guys are all phenomenal guys. I got to hang out with them a little bit at uh, the celebrity event. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and, and they're, just, they're, they're really great, and they bust their ass, and I don't think they get nearly the credit that they deserve. You know, And they do the FPO. And then on top of that, not only do they do the FPO, but then sometimes they turn around and will do other cameras for MPO while somebody's yeah. editing FPO. They are like they're out there eight hours a day, man. And I am I can't thank them all enough. So please go ahead and and and, and subscribe again. It's 15 bucks. If you can't afford 15 bucks, I, I don't want to pressure you. Don't do it. But guess yeah. what? If it's if it's in your budget, it's worthwhile. Looking forward to it. All right. Well, again, thank you uh, to GK. And we know there's probably a ton of extra GK Pro fans that jumped in or or are here. So we appreciate it. And uh, go out and make sure you're all ready to go for this weekend. Or, as Johnny said, if if you can find yourself down there, uh, if it wasn't such a jam-packed weekend for myself, I I certainly would love to go check things out uh, on-site, in person. But it's just not going to happen for me. So. Uh, but I will be able to at least sit and watch or take it all in eventually. Uh, all right. So in a few minutes, we are going to have another guest tonight. We're doubling up this guy on the West Coast. So uh, a little bit earlier for him. So we but we appreciate it. None other than Sean Jack. He's, who He's I, here. I, I feel like we've had before, but maybe it's we, been a little while. It's probably been and about a year I, since I guess, we've had Sean. I think we had him right around the tour. Maybe the the tour championship last year is when we had him talking about the, uh, the sponsors. And guess what? This is like Sean Jack time. You know, all the golfers get during the season. Once the season ends, we want to talk about what's going to happen and what's going on. So we bring in Sean Jack. All right. Well, without further ado, coming in from our disparate digital green room, Sean Jack, (laughs) Sean, what's up guys? I feel like we should be nicknaming never because if not, I'm going to have to come up with one. No, no one's ever played off my last name ever for any sort of nickname in my entire life. Never, 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 never. Uh, I couldn't imagine. (laughs) I mean, I'm going to dig into the Sean part. That's that. (laughs) Well, welcome, buddy. Uh, We love to do it. Uh, Go ahead and maybe give your title and uh, introduce yourself to the world in case anyone doesn't know who you are. Sure. I'm Sean Jack. Uh, my fancy job title is VP of Partnerships for Disc Golf Pro Tour, but that essentially is a fancy way to say that I'm the sales guy. Um, I manage and sign the majority of the sponsors. 
uh, most of the sales cycle from like lead generation all the way into execution. I'm the one that puts together all the ad, like the ad run for that you guys see on Disc Golf Network. Uh, I curate and help um, vet special activations uh, like the close shave replay. Thank you, Terry, for doing such a fantastic job with that. And I just get my hands dirty. And, you know, anytime there's like a, a major partnership with the tour. So um, oftentimes I'm on phone calls with, you know, our post production media partners, UDISC, and any other opportunities that the tour might have um, outside of like a normal scope. So and also, let, I manage. Get... I also own and operate one of the one of the events on the tour uh, as a. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing. Just that, like that, only <laughs> takes a few few weeks or a few days. No, uh, of course, your partners in the uh, OTB, the uh, the operation of the OTB Open taking place out there in mm-hmm. Stockton, correct? Okay, that is so correct. So let's let's. I mean, and and I'm I'm guessing there's some things you can share, some things you won't. Obviously, you just have to plead the fifth when you when you have to. But um, let let's talk about. Just the overall, you know, the, the sponsorship opportunities and or maybe the sponsorship procurement, in fact, with the fact that we've seen outside of the support, outside of the sport sponsors now jump in specifically more so at the at the tour championship these last few years. And by that, I mean. Uh, well, we've seen Grip Six come in, who is, of course, a belt company. Um, we've seen LL Bean, we've seen Guaranteed Rate, we've seen Johnsonville, and then at the pro- I'm guessing the largest scale to date. Then we've seen Barbasol. Am I missing any other major ones that have jumped on in the last couple of years? Those are the most of the non endemics that that are like uh, household names. Um, there's okay. like a few other on the tour. Canna is a fertilizer company that's been a season long partner. Uh, they're not specifically disc golf related, but, uh, I say you nailed it. And typically the tour championship has been like the event in which we bring them on. Uh, and like, so Johnsonville was a partner all season. They owned two of the the basket wraps or like mini pyramids. And then they went a little bit Mm -hmm. bigger. You guys probably saw some ads, uh, like the Tongsman themed ads. And then Mm -hmm. Ella Bean, uh, did some stuff last year for the tour championship, but just on the ESPN two broadcast. And I was able to convince them and their agency. It made sense to focus more on streaming opportunities. Um, to be honest, a source of frustration I have is selling uh, to non endemics is that they're all, they all seem to be focused on television or linear channel experiences. And people just aren't doing like appointment viewing like they used to, um, especially the the 20 to 40 year old audience like many people have cut their cord uh they're streaming everything and sports is like the last um the last bastion of advertising that you can catch people in a live environment and i don't understand why it matters if someone's watching on i mean everyone's watching everything on their tv whether they're casting it or they're using an app and I don't get why the view on ESPN or CBS or ABC matters more than the view on YouTube. So I was really excited that Ella Bean, Johnsonville, and of course, Barbasol uh, were able to diversify um, their strategy and run some ads on the network and also with post-production. Because uh, obviously, you know, even though the network is growing substantially, we still have a significant portion of our views coming with our partners with GK Pro, Gatekeeper, and Jomez. Yeah. So, well, let, let's start with what they step up for the tour championship 
you know, so to speak, is that is that an extra hard push or sell for you or or maybe flipping that on its head? Is it that much easier because we're talking about that much more exposure? That's a good question. Um, I don't know. Uh, there, there is additional exposure. Uh, I didn't even bring a beer because I didn't think it was professional, by the way, Terry. Oh, um, it's, it's you've so been on the show before. Come when, on, buddy. Especially <laughs> when our friends at Founders over there in Grand Rapids have recently reached out and they said they'd like to talk. So we'll nice talk work. tonight. Um, <laughs> yeah, the tour championship. And, is I'm, not, and I'm at home. Normally, I have to drive to Johnny's. So I have a long drive home tonight. I'm at my own house. So Got my it. bedroom's just a few steps away, making making things much more uh, friendly for that. Anyway. Got so, it. Got um, it. Um, sorry, got off track. Uh, yeah, well, it's our crowning yeah, event, just, and it has the most views, so it's it's easier in that sense. But there's also, like, I think starting in 2020, um, we set a new precedent with bringing on a non-endemic partner in Grip6, and then Guaranteed Rate, and then Barbasol. And to be honest, I was like... Losing sleep going back a month ago when we didn't have that uh, that spot secured yet. Uh, one for the uh, the financial contribution, and two because I think it's important that uh, the Tour Championship has a non endemic sponsor, a recognizable brand. I think that helps the obviously the tour, but the the entire sport. And I think with these guys this year, like it's uh, by the way, this is a really good product, the Aloe version. Yeah. Uh, I typically did shave with gel and I switched to Barbasol because, you know, um, I really liked it. You but, look really um, clean right now, too. It's kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jeez. I mean, they um, don't offer just 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 the shaving cream. They also offer razors. They do. They actually have a subscription based service like Dollar Shave Club. Um, yeah. I didn't know that until and I looked I'm into the company. Do they do they under do they fulfill the Dollar Shave Clubs? It almost looks like I don't want to say it's eerily similar, but the products, the the razors themselves, I feel like is is white labeling. Is that the phrase? Like I feel like yeah. Dollar Shave Club gets their razors from Barbasol because I was a member of Dollar Shave Club, which are great razors. And sure. I feel like once I saw them, I'm like, hey, I wonder if they just get them from Barbasol, which would make sense. Because they're great razors. Uh, anyway. I don't know. I would speculate I that know. they get their razors from somewhere not in the United States. Yeah. If I would yeah. dollar, okay. if it was Dollar Shave oh, Club, and I I would bet that Barbasol, <laughs> which is an Ohio-based company, probably makes them here. But I don't know. That's okay. all speculation. Okay. So how how did the so, Barbasol how did the, the 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 Barbasol thing turn out? I mean, we always hear about. You know, oh, we just need somebody's kid that's uh that that that's a disc golf fan, and his dad's a CEO, and like, how did Barbasol come along? Like, wh- where where did that? that that's a on? really good question. I talk about this a lot. It is uh, Barbasol. Honestly, is one of the few deals I've ever done that there wasn't like uh, in the sales cycle. You would call it inside champion or an influencer. So you just said something like as an example, Johnsonville, their owner's son started playing disc golf during the pandemic. Uh, he got addicted. He started watching Jomez graduate, you know, eventually came to DGN and said, we have to start sponsoring disc golf. It literally was that simple. Uh, it's just someone on the inside. The demographic obviously makes sense. Uh, guaranteed rate last year, the partnerships director played disc golf in the nineties in college, uh, contacted me shortly after worlds last year. Uh, grip six. Uh, the, the reason why grip six is in the disc golf is because one of the partners plays as much as he possibly can. But Barbasol, this is the first time, and and honestly, like I, this was written in our presser press release. I did not sign this deal. 
uh, the Disc Golf Pro Tour. Going back four to six weeks ago, we engaged in a partnership with an agency called CSMG, Consumer, uh, College Sports Management Group. Uh, they are representing us um, for sponsorship opportunities and perhaps some licensing. They actually cold called me on LinkedIn earlier this year, mostly for licensing and uh, for distribution. We have, as you might imagine now, several companies contacting us wanting to host the Disc Golf Network, essentially. Like other streaming services, uh, Flow Sports, I think is one of them. Get us on that Roku and, TV. <laughs> yes, yes. So uh, that was their initial pitch. And then as I got to talk to them and did some research, I found out they actually do sponsorship. They broker sponsorships. Uh, they swim usually in the collegiate space. They've gone after uh, eSports, which I think is on a pretty similar yet higher growth trajectory than we are. But demographics are similar. Uh, habits are similar. Psychographics are similar. Uh, I'm sure we probably index similarly uh, to different products. And CSMG was able to bring in... I, I helped provide resources, but I didn't actually close that deal. Um, and I'm really happy that you know this agency in which we took, you know, we took a big chance on at the 11th hour was able to bring in uh, one, a really well-fit, well-matched category for our demo um, and a company, a 100-year-old company that everyone knows. Mm-hmm. Was there any, yeah. I mean, did, did they know anything about how like shaving cream is used in disc dyeing or, or was that just all kind of like dumb luck? We'll say, was that like, Hey, yeah, someone that wants I, to advertise, but we do use that. I, uh, I'm actually mad at myself that I never went after, uh, that category in previous years because I never considered it. So it was like a, a dumb luck, happy accident. Uh, I remember when we were talking, when, when, uh, the agency closed the deal and we were presenting it to our team and figuring out how we could, you know, kick ass and take names to make sure the activation was uh, over delivered. Uh, our retail manager, Ty was like, you know, I've been using their shaving cream for years because, you know, they're really affordable and to dye discs. And I was like, Oh my God, that's right. So we instantly did um, a, a disc dyeing activation at the press release where before the, before the athletes came on, they dyed their own discs. And then uh, we did some social media associated with that, shared it with them Hopefully they'll they'll kit that and use it uh, in their own social channels too. And yeah, that also happens is, with they, they've had some partnerships with sneaker makers too, for because people use shaving cream to dye sneakers. Oh, I never I, I had no oh. clue about that. That's interesting. Yeah, makes sense. Yep. Uh, with everything you just said about having some of the presenting sponsors and some of these uh, these bigger sponsors throughout the years, uh, especially these last couple of years. It might be easy to assume that somebody maybe wasn't happy or didn't get their their dollars worth because they didn't come back as a sponsor the next year. And and I'm guessing that's an inaccurate assumption. But w- what are some reasons for for someone to you know? I'll use a guaranteed rate. I'll use a I'll I'll use a grip six. If they said you know hey you know. 2023 or 2022 we're passing we're going to pass on that opportunity is there do you ever often get to the reason as to why and what for any given reason as to why they might pass or not be interested uh sometimes i would say like guaranteed rate is i mean honestly like one of the only partners that the tour has ever had in its history that didn't renew uh like we're really good at uh maintaining our partnerships annually and I just think maybe it just wasn't a good fit. You never know what companies' uh, budgets are, what their specific goals are, what they're doing, what kind of spend that they... I mean, guaranteed rate is kind of like... 
a Geico model, uh, but for for mortgages where they paper everything. You know, they're the presenting partner of uh, the Chicago White Sox Stadium. They they do a lot in a lot of different emerging sports. They're the PBA uh, presenting partner of the entire tour. Um, so I'm I'm not specifically sure what hap like why they did not renew their partnership. But to be honest, I'm okay if we continually get new non-endemics as the presenting partner of the tour championship. However, I will say because of the great work that Terry, thank you guys so much. uh, You really owned um, like, I think it's because the category just lent itself uh, for like dad jokes, the close shave replay, the shaving cream on the faces like versus um, it's it's easier sell to like incorporate it organically and have some fun more than a mortgage company. So I would be surprised if Barbasol doesn't come on next year um, as a season long partner. Like uh, the cloche replay is something that I've played disc golf yesterday morning in Charlotte before I flew back to California. And we use the cloche replay twice in our round, like (laughs) just messing around like, Oh, that was a cloche. Mm -hmm. And that just happens. I'd say every disc golf run, it happens a handful of times while you're playing professionally, casually, it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. And so I would love to see that on a rinse, wash, repeat this year. Um, and just see us work with them on a long-term basis. It uh, it was a really good fit. Congratulations, so, sir. You uh, really uh, yeeted that advertisement. Yeah. There we so, go. Uh, before, before I get to that, I'm going to say, so it sounds like you're telling me I should be asking for either a raise and or a bonus for my efforts. Is that what I, I have tons of shaving cream that I can offer you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The problem is I... No, you did up, a really good I job. I recently gave up shaving... And I'm trying to grow this patchy beard for the last two years. So um, I used well, to actually, shave, can, I, can I flip the script and ask you, what was it about Barbasol, honestly, that made it uh, where you guys, you quickly adopted to I, the brand, the category more than I've seen you anybody else in history? I'll say this. Um, well, it's tangible. For me, I, yeah, I, I can make a dumb joke about about damn near anything. Or or a pun, but Barbasol is a product I I have used and use. I'm so I'm very familiar with it. Um, I don't dye discs. I know a lot of people who do, and I know that's that's like fifty fifty. Some people still use shaving cream. I was updated this weekend, and not everybody still use shaving cream. I, I'm like, yes, I get it. There's more than one method, but um, it was largely you know the the kind of the introductory method for everybody to get into dyeing discs. Um, and it's just a product that I I'm was personally familiar with that gets used daily. That's on a shelf. So even though I'll never win my dad's like affirmation or or uh, or love, like I know not only did he use Barbasol, but if I said to him, "Hey, Barbasol sponsored this weekend," like he'd know what that is, and and he'd be familiar with it. And so there's there's a validation in us having what, what what's the term non endemic. Um, non-endemic outside the sport yeah yeah exactly i i don't have fancy phrases like that so non-endemic um companies i've said that for years and we've all said that we always say once mm-hmm. a coke or a nike or whomever we'll, we'll name any of them get into our sport it just provides our sport some additional validation and so for me it was very exciting uh for for that reason and um i mean nothing for nothing i mean i did love Barbasol as a product but most most products of that nature i i'd i'd like to think i could get into and uh if you give me a chance to be cheesy or make some terrible puns i'm going to take them more often than not 
So, yeah, in the, yeah, in the well, control it's a, room. It's a commodity, right? Yeah. Shaving cream is basically a commodity. Um, and what I was really happy to hear is I had a bunch of people text me, email me, call me and say like, I'm going to, and this is anecdotes, but when next time I go buy shaving cream, it's going to be Barbasol, right? And I think yeah. I would bet, you know, our reach right now is probably a million people total, total. I would bet, I would hope 10,000 people in the next quarter are choosing or reaching for Barbasol uh, as opposed to the other not-to-be-named um, gel-based shaving cream uh, that is popular. Yeah. Um, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and, the, and, and then I always say, we'll, even, if that's, even if that's true, Barbasol won't know, even if there is 10,000 additional units but bought that wouldn't have been bought, they're not going to be able to be like, well, you know, disc golfers, you know, they're not going to be able to track it back necessarily to us. But it's always good if there's an upswing. And that's why I guess I asked the question about a Grip 6 or a Guaranteed Rate or literally any other company. is like when they don't renew, you, you, you can't fault them. But you're always just curious, though. Like, hey, why'd you break up with me? Or did, did sure. you just find someone else? Or was it not a good fit? Or or was there not enough, I'll say, uh, traceability or trackability to be like, hey, yep. we may have had an impact. I mean, there could have been 500 new people that went through guaranteed rate last year, but when we're just a drop in the bucket, 500 new people, you know, they're not necessarily going to even notice that. So just out of pure curiosity, that's that's why I asked that question. No, no, no. I, I want to dive into that a little bit more. Um, so not all sponsorships are based on ROI, right? They're not just trying to get richer. Sure. Some of them are just branding. Some of them are just trying to build their audience and our demographic um, I would say two things. Grip six in 2020 had a banner year, right? It uh, it's an outdoor based product. Their branding is outdoor. The pandemic hits, and they were they just were flooded. I think I would suspect that they were flooded with money. And at the end of a, a lot of times, companies will want to spend that money at the end of the year to reduce their tax uh, burden, right? So that I don't know that's the case. Um, but you know the price tag we attached to the Tour Championship is. I don't know what other events gets. I know what mine does. Uh, it's typically much higher for presenting partnerships because this is the crowning event. It delivers more views. Uh, so last year, what was really hot was the housing market, right? I'm going to guess that guaranteed rate was writing a lot of mortgages and probably had was sitting on a pile of cash and maybe was experimenting. Again, this is speculation. Not so much I right don't now. know if... <laughs> and then this year, um, this is kind of a joke here. The pandemic has subsided. People are losing their beards and <laughs> finally getting and again, their shit together, going back to the yes, office. Yeah, going back. So maybe, maybe shaving cream um, is maybe, you know, shaving cream probably was way down, just like barber oh, shops sure. were down in 2020, 2021. Sure. Uh, it's, it's fascinating to look at certain businesses that got, you know, disc golf obviously is on a meteoric rise because of the pandemic, whereas, you know, um, I don't know the opposite of that's like an indoors like wrestling probably was get, probably got hit pretty hard, right? Um, so anyway, yeah, just 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 spitballing there, but yeah, I always want to. I would rather I'm from New England, and uh, some people call me masshole. I would rather know. I'd rather have you break up with me in my face um, and tell me that I'm ugly than to not tell me why it didn't work out. Because I'm a firm believer that problems are opportunities, and if we don't know what we did wrong, we can't fix it. Yeah, for sure, and that, and yeah, again, you know, were they not? Wasn't there the IRO, uh, ROI 
Uh, you know, did they not care for the crowd? Did they not feel like they were represented well enough? I mean, there's so many questions for that exact reason. Like you said, you just want to yep. know, hey, w- and, and is it something that's repairable? Or was it just like, yeah, like you said, we had money one year, the next year we didn't, so we're not throwing it at that, you know, and therefore, I, I, th- I think those, well, thankfully, those are all questions you have to research, not me. Um, I think I think one of the questions that a lot of people ask, and, and they, they ask me all the time, and I tell them I, I do not know, is there anything you can share about r- roughly what the partnership levels are in terms of finances? And and I'll I'll say that specifically, you know, we we tout three hundred and two thousand dollars, three hundred and two thousand dollars being given away, and then you read everything from that's all from Barbasol all the way to you know no no they gave ten grand and everything in between, and so that's why I ask of you since you help, what, what can you share when somebody is a significant or a large sponsor for something like this? What can you share with the world? Yeah. uh, So if you guys have seen me on podcast before, I am um, overly transparent. I love to share information. I love to share numbers. Uh, I think it really helps uh, grow the sport for the next tournament director um, or the next business. Because if we don't have comps, uh, we're just kind of swimming in this this ocean of just uncertainty uh for this deal specifically i'm not i can't tell you exactly what it is but it is certainly <laughs> higher than ten thousand and lower uh-huh. than three hundred and two thousand. so just so you know like wow. the, the entire purse okay. that's <laughs> uh somewhere that's in between two hundred ninety thousand dollars of a gap uh, okay <laughs> so, okay significantly higher than ten thousand uh uh-huh. but the purse uh, by the way, the purse three hundred two is is the total purse. That doesn't the entry fees was what is it forty eight players times five hundred. So I think we, I think we added two seventy or something like that. The purse is subsidized yeah. across the board from a lot of different partnerships, like including you know LL Bean came up big. Johnsonville had an increase in their spend. I always am. Um, People always want to do more a la carte sponsorships at the Tour Championship. So there's some more special activations. We're allowed to have manufacturing partners on the course. So uh, Prodigy, DD, and um, Discraft uh, came up. So uh, ticket sales did pretty well. You know, we, we do the best we can to get to um, a point where you know the Tour isn't taking the hits. And Barbasol is certainly of all those opportunities by far that has the most impact on the bottom line. But uh, I'm not here to tell you that it, it is exactly X dollars, but significantly well, no, more but than I, 10. I am here to at least ask that only because everybody Dude, else I, I want to tell you, I, it's just, <laughs> I'm not in the position to tell you right now. And that the, if you can't tell Fair us enough. specifics like that, every once in a while, I still get a personal message from somebody asking, um, I don't know why they're still coming to me, but how can I advertise on the pro tour? And I always just point mm-hmm. them to you. I'm like, I don't know. I don't deal with that crap anymore. It's not my day. It's not my mm-hmm. thing. Um, what do you tell somebody that that does that? What what levels are there? I mean, do, do I pay per year? Do I pay per event? Is there? I mean, we see we've got banner ads, we've got sponsor activations that are call outs from our broadcasters. We've got just little bugs. We've got you know year long sponsors. Like how? What levels are there? And and is there a general price point for those that we that you can share yeah, or, or no? Like yeah yeah no that kind of stuff I can I, I'll. I'll I can take a deep dive. So we have a, a we had a 2022 partnership program where all our rates are on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I come from I sold like mostly digital advertising, email sponsorships, banner ads uh, on a 
event discovery platform in San Francisco. And we also hosted our own events. So I, my background was pretty well fit to work for the tour. And all our prices are there. So I would say our minimum spend is usually $1,000, right? Just to get started. And then we have season-long partners that are pretty close to six figures. And then everyone is somewhere in between. Um, the way I like to price things is based on a CPM basis, like cost per mil or cost to reach a thousand individuals. And if you you can Google all of this, like so, a banner ad that you would see on a news site, news site, you're going to pay a dollar CPM because no one is going to click on it, right? So that's like the the lowest. Whereas something like a thirty second ad, thirty second ad on post production, you know, that's burnt in, that's unskippable, that's telling a story. You know, thirty seconds is a long time. Like people are making five second ads on YouTube now, right? It's uh, so you know, something like that will cost honestly up to like maybe over two thousand dollars if it's on Jomez because you're going to reach a quarter million people, right? So the the CPN on those two things is actually the same. It's just the reach is significantly higher, and our our on course assets start. I would say as low as five thousand dollars, and then this year go up to around twenty to twenty-five thousand. Like the the trusts, um, whole sponsorships were priced at twenty thousand dollars that this year. That included a tent, a table, a basket wrap, feather flags, um, and then now, like so, twenty thousand dollars might sound like a lot, but I haven't done like our annual viewership report for this year. But we're going to deliver forty million views like for the season. You know, uh, with thirty events, including some of the majors, so it's like, is twenty grand a lot to see forty million views? It's like it's not. If you just Google a CPM calculator and dump those two numbers in, and you'll see it comes up pretty affordable. Um, so, but I try to do. I don't. I don't have gold, silver, bronze packaging. That's not how I do business. Uh, we have a la carte options. I like to identify what a partner's goals are, like. Do you just want to sell disc golf boxes? Do you want to sell discs? Like, what kind of organization are you? Send them our deck, have them explore it, get, book a phone call or a video call with them, find out what their goals are, and then try to put together two or three packages. We always build in savings when you mix and match certain things. And, uh, you know, try to over deliver on those and keep people spending. Hopefully, they get ROI uh, throughout the season. But again, sometimes. I tell this to partners all the time. Like your sponsorship of the Disco Pro Tour is not going to just have money walking in your business. Like that's not how it works. We are a branding opportunity, right? And to marketing, dumb marketing 101 is branding and performance, right? Like we are the branding. You have to follow it up with your uh, boosted Facebook posts, Instagram, Twitter. Like you, ha you have to have that going. So like. Just because you put a sign on a Disc Golf Pro Tour course, and you can't just kick your heels back and expect the, the dollars to roll in. It has to be part of a robust marketing platform, which I'll always tell people. Like I'm proud to tell people, you should not. You have a three hundred dollar budget. Do not spend that with us. Like that is like what you need to do is go get more followers on your Facebook page. Go buy them. Mm -hmm. Like, and then put a post out there that says twenty percent off with this. Make sure it's trackable, and then spend twenty bucks a day and see where that takes you. Like I. Sorry, I know I just went on and rambled no, on for a long time. No, but I, I, no, but I love like, that. I love hearing that. So. Yeah, and advertising at that degree to that level isn't for everybody. And and you have to know where you are and what you're trying to accomplish. And you have to be realistic with that in the first place. And I think one of the most important things you said is just because you put up an ad doesn't mean you just put your feet up on the desk and just wait for you know countless sales <laughs> no. to come rolling in. 
Um, and I think a lot of people kind of feel that way. Well, I didn't see a lot of sales, you know, based on, you know, all this money I spent with you. It's like, well, yeah, you didn't do any of the other nine things you should have done to take full yes. advantage of this opportunity. It's not just as easy as, you know, yeah, setting up one ad. Well, and you so, have to beat people into submission. Like, I think, I think a brand, a people, a, um, potential customer has to see your brand like seven times before they even recognize what it is. Um, like it's, it's not just this, it's not just throw money at the pro tour. And again, uh, let the money come in. It's hopefully we are one part, one integral part of a holistic marketing plan. Yeah. Well, uh, before I get to my next question, I just, I, I, something just popped up. Somebody said Sunstein. Uh, I have somebody that needs to talk to Sunstein, uh, a, you're going to have to tell me who they talk to. And then B, do I get like an inner commission for like helping connect A with B? Uh, okay. I know you're joking, but no, I'm uh, not. I, no, no, kind of, no, I get it. Uh, Steve Abreu is a partner at Sunstein. He is a disc golfer okay. uh, that lives in Massachusetts. Uh, they actually sponsor locally in New England. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually, uh, he approached us last year. It's been a fantastic partnership. They renewed um he also represents a couple other disc golf businesses so just reach out to steven at sunstein directly i I know you can do it through their sites it's pretty easy to find and then anyone out there i've I've said this to my friends like i will pay you a spiff or a bonus of uh i I can't say what the percentage is depends on the nature of the lead if someone like works at nike and everyone always says nike and Mm coca-cola um or sierra nevada or founders and says, like, I think that uh, sponsoring the Disc Golf Board Tour is a good fit for a business. I will pay that person a percentage of my commission. Like, lead generation is crucial. It's, like, I don't, I don't like cold calling anyone. I want it to always be warm. I always want it to be uh, a referral. So, again, if anyone's out there in the world that, had, that works for an organization that thinks it should be a good fit for Disc Golf, please hit me up. Including their you. their uncle owns the company. Or, or their uncle owns the yeah. company. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. No, those are all. That's how Furman uh, came in. Furman was a uh, sponsor of the USDDC this year. Their generator, uh, they make generators. And guy that works in operations in Charlotte called Jonathan Poole and wanted to sponsor the USDDC. And now they they supported the tour at the tour championship this year. Like we need yeah. generators yeah, as a I, sport. Like every. <laughs> Go on, Terry. I was so just going to say I can't. I, no, I was just going to say I can't. I cannot emphasize that enough. And now, you know, we, as Johnny mentioned, we've always said, oh, we just need the right kid or the right person to know someone who knows someone. And now we have so many more people golfing in general that mm-hmm. our opportunities and that possibility has, you know, multiplied a hundredfold in the last 10 years just because yep. there's so many more people that it's almost inevitable, excuse me, that one kid is, you know, one kid of a CEO at a large company or a medium sized company yep. is going to say, Oh, dad, I play this. Mom, I play this. And they're like, Heck yeah, you know, oh, my kid likes this. Yeah, let's, let's get into it. Um, so it's funny how that's, that's becoming more and more of a, of reality. When it, it, is there, is there a point of saturation as opposed to, uh, you saying, no, 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 we can find something clever, unique, or original for everybody. Or is there a point of like advertising saturation that you feel we could get to? How many more ads can we squeeze into the live broadcast is what we're saying. Yeah, I, I wasn't just, and it's funny, I wasn't even thinking the live broadcast. I'm thinking, uh, you know, course assets, oh, sure. activations, things of that nature. But Both. is there a point of saturation that you don't want to yeah, get past? Yeah, yeah. Uh- I mean, uh, I think Mahmoud and I have a healthy, combative relationship. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
right? Like we're supposed to, we're supposed to, like I'm supposed to sell. It's my job to make money for the tour, right? Like it's, it's uh-huh. literally like the first job I have. Um, and he wants to do storytelling during the broadcast. And the issue that I run into is that, you know, DGN is always better than yesterday, right? It's and this year, I think, you know, we went from 20 to 40 staff members. And I think of that 20, at least 10 were for, for DGN. And like it is, I think DGN is finally a very good product. Like it's really enjoyable to watch. But because we have more people, the drone, I think, is the MVP of the season. Um, there's better players with better shots and we have better talents inside the booth in the control room, which leaves less time for advertising. Right. So, Mm -hmm. uh, we've come up with a number of, uh, no more than 20 minutes of total and ads, uh, of a, what is it? Three and a half to four hours, which is still much less than television, except for like Mm -hmm. the masters. And I hear that a lot. Um, but they're subsidizing it, right? It's the, it's, comes from somewhere and then obviously like we were pretty much sold out of on course assets by like the second or third event like and you look at a course like nevin it's even more constrained um so when that does happen you know what do we have to do is like we we have to raise our prices right it's just um it's simple economics so i i don't want to have a significant increase going into next year but when you have 15 people that want to buy nine whole sponsorships, you know, uh, it just means that the price will go up. And plus, honestly, like the number of ops guys we have now used to be like one and now it's four. And the man hours to set up a trust and whole sponsorships and the gas and the fuel to transport them is significant. So we're going to have to tear apart. Uh, one, of the, one of the things the agency will help us with actually is evaluating our property, both uh, digital and on site. And, I think there is a lot of other, uh, I want to find my goal for 23 is to identify partners that can help us curate and make the spectator experience better. Right. So whether it's like, I thought the, the Johnsonville sausage starting starters tunnel at the pro tour championship this year was really house, the meat house. Yes. Yes. I thought that was really cool in there, by the way, next year, smoke machine. Make it oh, yeah, like, like with like a barbecue like flavoring to it. Like, like it's got it like add. run the smoke machine, smoke machine and then add smoke a little. Yeah, add a little. Well, but imagine we yeah, had something like that it. that gutted you into the vendor village, right? It just increased. And then imagine we have like uh, you know, either a generator company or a battery pack company that created um, you know, viewing lounges that you could plug in while you're there. Uh, this you know, uh, water cooler sponsors. Like if you go to like any festival, there's lots of different ways to actually have sponsors be activated in a way that increases the experience for the spectators. Uh, that's, that's like, those are the kind of things I want to really dial in this year. So that way it helps us manage the people on the course while providing exposure for the brand. And we get paid like those. That's if I can get those three things done at once, it's a home run. So answer me this. Is is it a tough sale for you personally to go to someone and say, uh, hey, ABC company, mm-hmm. we'd love for you to be a sponsor this year. And what you're going to do is you're going to sp- sponsor the porta potties at every stop this year, like porta potties sponsored by given provided by whatever. Are, are there certain assets that are just that much less appealing um, to, to try and pitch or promote, or does it not really matter? Like, there's a sponsorship opportunity for everybody, including the porta potties. Is that tough for you? 
Uh, that's a really good question. And I think the solve for that is I want to get two mega banner sponsors next year. So banners that are 10 feet tall by 30 feet wide, uh, that they don't have to sponsor the porta potties. It just becomes this giant sign on the course that uh, provides uh, not shelter, but it blocks the it blocks the vision of a porta potty, any sort of industrial equipment on the course, um, generators. Like I don't think it actually has. Like, listen, I would love United to sponsor the porta potties, but that's their business. They don't need us to. They don't need to do that. But I think mm-hmm. we can. I, I've seen porta potties enough on coverage where I'm like, man, it'd be really cool if that just said MVP. Right. And it was just yeah. this giant banner. So I think that's that's what I want to move to next year. It's something that's really lightweight. Those banners don't cost that much money. There's they can, you can set them up pretty easily. And it would be uh just this like I was inspired by looking at uh, I watch a lot of the PGA tour. They have like hashtag FedEx Cup written in like twenty foot tall letters on on one of their fairways. And I was like, wow, we can do the same thing. And we could also use it to again block an eyesore, whether that's traffic, uh, utility box, porta potty is the number one thing that people are concerned about. And I think that's something I want to offer next year is like at least two of those things because they don't take a lot of space in a trailer either. It's not like the Zuka Trust takes up a lot of space. You know what I mean? It's like it's a lot yeah. of moving parts, but this would not. Viewable from the drone. Honestly, that's kind of the whole. Oh man. You know? The the bocce courts that were at Nevin. I'm not sure when you guys were when they were flying the drone yeah. over tournament central. Oh, those were bocce, not uh, not uh, horseshoe. Because I made a uh, they had joke. both. Uh, not not uh, they had both, but the one the bocce courts are the ones that were like really close to everything. I was like, my God, we should be writing something on that. That should say <laughs> disc golf pro tour, or I could be selling that. Uh, I j- but the drone is definitely something now that we can start doing flat sponsorships in the ground or start putting shelters up that have sponsorship on top. And that's just a new opportunity I never even thought of until the drone is becoming, not to overuse this word, endemic to our broadcasts. It's, it's, it is our safety zone, honestly. That's how we treat it. We, we treat it where, hey, crap, you know, normally we're pretty good at m- moving our cameramen around, but there are times when it's like, oh, you know, we've got, we've got to move somebody. We have to move everybody. Let's go to the drone. The players are walking. Yep. We don't need to take a commercial break. You know, we'll go to the drone while Terry's talking to the on-course commentator. We'll put a little graphic up there like, hey, or the can of current conditions and things like that. Yep. So it, yep. it's, it's I lo- I, I, I'm a big fan of that this year. Yeah. I, well, I, the I way agree. you guys were able to use the drone to, to not just do scenics, but to actually um, record shots yes. like the shot of Simon throwing hole five at Maple Hill this year, where it was a cam out of mm-hmm. his hand, drone cam on the lake, catch cam coming in was art like was artistry it was like i had never seen that before and then i saw a drone shot i don't remember what what tournament it was but you could actually see the disc the disc helix and i don't think a lot of people know that that frisbees fly like that right mm-hmm. so it's like if you can see the disc you know making that beautiful pattern that doesn't come through uh unless you're on top of the flight so i'd love to see more of that next year and i want to get a drone sponsor next year like L.O. bean should have their logo bug up every single time the drone is flying i think that's a really good fit that's a pain in the ass sorry okay we can do it actually we can do it (laughs) technically it's pain in the ass it's actually not not. i know you said it about mo but like in general how much do you care about being a pain in the ass to uh (laughs) the rest of us no, I try you're selling I, honestly, stuff, I work, and everybody's got to like then then fulfill what you've either sold or pitched or promised. I always vet everything, 
Um, and I, I had a short stint in my twenties where I worked. <laughs> That's I yeah, but my mood tells you what to do. Um, <laughs> well, okay, yeah. <laughs> hey Terry, make a bad dad joke, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what were you uh, saying? A stint so, in your twenties for what? Doing what? Uh, uh, no, I, I did a stint in my twenties where I worked in IT, um, and. I, re- I, I specifically remember sales guys over promising what oh. the IT department could do. Like that's just so common. Yeah, we could do that. So it's not lost on me. Um, I always consider it what, you know, some of the activations that people bring are just ridiculous. And, but sometimes the most ridiculous things are the ones that catch fire. Hooligandis. Um, okay, let's go there. Yep. Well, it is. It's like it, stupid is stupid marketing sometimes is the best marketing, right? And, I, not to say that who the, the yeet is stupid, but it just is this crazy word. And then you guys adopted it. So it caught fire. All of a sudden there's memes on disc golf debate group or Dixon's channel. And, uh, you know, you guys have fun with it. So, but again, I don't ever sell anything until we talk about it as a team, especially if it's something unique like that. It's something I vet absolutely during like the director call or maybe even all team call if it's something that's truly different. Like the close shave uh, replay moment, you know they they brought that to us because they've done that in baseball and a couple other sports. I slacked my mood about that. That was an instant. Yeah, he's like hard yes, let's do it because it makes the broadcast better. Like that's a simple one, but yeah, that's. I thought we used it and really we work well. on them. I mean, it, yes. it fits. It fits our um, our sport, especially in a wooded course. I mean, we yep. can, or, you know, a, a basket run on an ace run. That's a close sure. shave or, you know, things like that. So did you, did you hear back from Barbasol? Did anyone from mm-hmm. there, they watch, they watched the broadcast. They enjoyed it. They liked it. What we did like, or yeah, that- I was communicating with them throughout the entire tournament, sending them some media. Uh, we had an open channel. Like I sent them, I think 10 free subscriptions to DGN so they could check it out. Mm-hmm. Sent them a care package of discs and shirts. Um, their marketing director emailed me yesterday morning and said uh, that we we kicked ass. We did a great job. He would appreciate if I didn't throw shaving cream into the crowd next time. Um, that was a little dangerous. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, technically, they could explode if something happened. Um, uh, you shouldn't you could throw could metal things they at hurt. people because they're kind of heavy. You, yes. could hit, you could hit somebody in the head. I was just thinking next when time I, we'll just ha- I'll just hand them to people. It's yeah, very I was fix. watching that and I was thinking. Are they, is everyone just going to like shake those up and spray them? Is that the goal? Are we handing out a product for someone to use? Are we handing out like a confetti for the winner? Like I was, I was fully expecting when whoever tapped in, uh, just shaving cream everywhere. We talked about that for sure. Uh, should we just bathe the winner in shaving cream? <laughs> but uh, you still have to protect the sanctity of the competition. Yeah. And if someone like Gannon wants to like ham it up and put shaving cream on his face or the booth wants to, that's one thing. But I, I still think we're professional sporting events and, you know, I think champagne is socially accepted to celebrate, right? Mm-hmm. Shaving cream really is not. But again, if someone wants to do it on their own, yeah. you know, have at it. Which is funny because shaving like, cream is used. Like if you watch baseball a lot. Yeah. Has, the pies. It, it has been a, a tradition for the longest mm-hmm. time with pies and things like that rookie or, home runs walk off home runs right yep yeah or, or or even pranks in the in the dugout you'll see guys mess yep. around shaving cream you know they'll make them sit on it or something like that like that's a kind of a time-honored tradition with shaving cream which mm-hmm. is really funny but so you don't see it like the did, guy that gets the mvp of the world series no right no, no, probably not 
Did they or did they not get back to you with uh, a few of the taglines that I was just kind of testing out there? The, uh, you know, <laughs> hashtag, put it on your face. <laughs> that did, was the control room. That? We can, we do they can. want to talk to me about that? Is we there, had a lot of them. Some of them are not anywhere? appropriate to talk out loud, but but the put it on your face one was, I think that came right from the control room. <laughs> yeah. How's that testing? How's that trending? Uh, I'm in contact with several different marketing agencies <laughs> and right. they're building All the, right. they're building the test audience right now. Yes. Perfect. Good. Cause then I'm going to talk to Sunstein. I'm going to make sure I get that, uh, trademarked or copywritten or whatever I got to do. I'll talk to them and then put it on your face. It's going to be the one that we go with, <laughs> whether they like it or not. Uh, so let's real quickly though, uh, in a, in a semi-serious capacity, uh, people got so bent out of shape. There's probably people that love us that are on the board that still got bent out of shape. The whole yeet, me mentioning the yeet or us like going all in on that. And, and inevitably, as much as people want to like scream at me, like you stupid idiot boomer, blah, blah, blah. Like, shut up. It's so cringe. We hate you. Like we hate your fat face. Cause you yeet like, we got to a point where I think most people understand it's part of an ad. Somebody sent me a message this weekend. Will you please stop with the yeet? It's so ridiculous. And I'm like, cool, no problem. Just send me a check for, you know, to replace their advertising. Like what, what do you, and and yet here we are weekend after weekend, people are, you know, then mentioning yeet. They're getting so much, they're getting so much earned media out of this. It's crazy. Right. Like, is that is that the official like all presses you know even bad presses yes. good press kind of like mentality like yeah I'm you, a PT Barnum fan man to anyone like, and and all do press I have is to good keep press saying it because people hate me people are hating on me personally for this though <laughs> uh, face. I'm sorry question mark um, <laughs> but at the same time like I understand where people are coming from but like I love. When people complain about something loudly on the internet uh, that they don't like because they are saying the name of the brand or the products, it's like until you become a billion dollar company, almost all press is good. Uh, like that's PT PT Barnum's slogan. Um, and then I forget the other one that said like, I guess I'm going to look it up while I'm here. But regarding the Yeet, it's like the guy that owns Hooligan Disc came up with that. It caught fire. It reminded me of. Um, do you remember the Pro Pull commercial at the ESPN two? Yes. Uh, in twenty twenty one, it was David Felberg and saying, "Hey, I can throw." And like, it got like a what's it called a Razzie? Is that like the worst of the? It got like the worst commercial award. But because of that, people talked about it, and the guy sold out of his inventory t- twofold. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Like it was just, so. I understand why people think it's kind of silly, um, but like they pay a significant like those special activations are not cheap. We price them out like at fifteen thousand dollars for the year, so it's basically a thousand dollars a tournament. Um, so like each read, you know, costs hundreds of dollars. And I'm sorry, but I'm not <laughs> that it's caught fire because that's kind of the whole point. So thanks. I know, I know, and and I I'm I'm obviously only like half serious here. It's just it's it's amazing the amount of people. It's fine they get worked up, but these people that then because I'm already kind of synonymous with a few like dad jokes and terrible puns, people mm-hmm. like just really want to just ride me hard that I'm saying this and I and they think I'm saying it with um 
not necessarily not seriousness, but just it's yeah. As someone said, um, it's emotional damage I'm taking here week in and week out. <laughs> Are you going to be okay? Board. I, I think so, only because I have very thick skin. I'm a little overweight, and I have thick skin, and I like to bite back at dickheads on the internet. But um, it's how just, do you really feel? Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. I don't know. It's just I wish people would understand. And, and again, as we are all saying, they're making it quote unquote worse. They they continue to talk about it Better? because four hours after the broadcast, they go out to a, a message board and be like, "Man, I really hate this yeet." And then they talk about it for, you know, 50 posts. And it's like, uh, there's another really? quote that okay, says advertising well, is what you pay. F- advertising is what you pay for. Publicity is what you pray for. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's all publicity. Fulfilling that. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly what they're doing. Yep. And I mean, and we all know, Terry, you and I, and you know, probably Sean, that that's a term that's not in our vocabulary until, until this, you know, nobody, none of us are saying that term in the way that the kids said it year a couple years ago or whatever it was mm-hmm. um, but i mean that's that that's the cost of advertising like well and that's that's why people are so bent out of shape is because well, it's out of our our age group and that it's a couple years old but it seems it's clearly working for hooligan which is which it does matter to me i'm glad that it is working for them i hope i hope they sold a bunch and i hope you get a free yeet out of it terry because i think i think ian yeah. i think ian got one i think they sent ian a yeet so he did what make sure yeah i'm fairly certain ian got to eat so you better I, reach out I, to I ian's, ian's good at getting free stuff yeah he yeah, got like ian, a free yeah, he's good ian, at it Ian got free zooka cards he had a free zooka um, card. man i'm doing this wrong he got, Gosh, he got free mortgage from guaranteed rate last year <laughs> he got a free house it worked out great no, I, I i know ian he didn't get no free mortgage he lives in san diego <laughs> can't afford that all right, so I I need to I need to step it up. All right, Johnsonville's uh, right up I, the road. I, they could just they could just drive yeah. me something. Yeah, literally. Uh, so just a few. One thing, so I yeah, got to tell you a funny story. They have something called a sausage cannon, and yeah, yeah they. Do. That's what it is, and uh, it's I guess it's in reti- right. I guess it's actually like a real cannon that you know weighs a thousand pounds, and they want to bring it out to one of our tournaments to like start the first hole, and uh, I think that would be pretty fun. That would be a blast. Silly, but fun. How loud is that? Like, do you have to start the event? Cannon loud. Cannon? Like, because if, if, if we, if we did the lead card with that. Oh, shoot. We'd be, we'd be disrupting someone's backswing. The entire course. I think what you do is you, (laughs) is, is you, is you start, you start the tournament with it. We record it. And you film it. Yeah. And then we play it back later. For sure. Like, like here's the saying that. Sausage cannon. Yeah. That's what it has to be. Um, Although I I love in college too. So. Yeah, that's what they called me, the sausage. <laughs> uh, I was thinking when you were talking about the uh, Barbasol and handing those out, like, yeah, just like a T-shirt, like slide that into a cannon and just shoot them out. That'll go over real well uh, <laughs> with the Barbasol cans and throwing them at people. Um, yeah, it, it's been it's been a wild year, and it's funny how worked up or not some people get with these various activations and reads and and then just kind of the things that are a little bit more subtle on the course and i guess i guess the question for that would be are are you anticipating that it's just being shown on the broadcast at some capacity when somebody's tapping out a whole eight and it happened to have a certain wrap or it had a you know a mini pedestal or whatever on it podium we we, we need better naming for that the official naming um those are more subtle 
and just, I don't want to say discreet, but subtle, that all goes into the overall cost and then what's essentially promised and delivered, right? Yeah. I, again, like I try to price everything based upon what it's going to deliver for the amount of views they, that we have. And so like I know what, how we've grown. Um, and so it, regarding the baskets, I think the baskets actually were underpriced. And I'm sure all the people listening that bought one will be disappointed. But the basket is the only guaranteed impression, Ouch. right? Yeah. Guaranteed. Like you have to see it. Every single time. So like the basket wraps are super high value. The the pole wraps, the elevated basket is uh, probably your... Besides the Zuka Trust, because it's so grand, um, it's something that people will always see. You know, the T-walls and the feather flags, they're oftentimes on camera with the reaction cam or, or A cam or B cam. But it's not the same thing as like a flat, you know, uh, Johnsonville sign on the basket that's always going to be captured. And... Plus, when we get earned media opportunities like Aces on ESPN, uh, that's when you, you know, that's when you get the publicity, right? Uh, not just the advertising. So I have to take that into account. Figure what kind of, you know, I imagined, you know, I think the sport of disc golf probably was flat this year um, overall, like at the manufacturing and retail level. But we were not like. I think we're, we're converting some of those people that started playing in 2020, 2021. And I would expect us to grow again next year. And as a result, our views should go up and that should price. Hmm. We, we have to ask about next year and outside sponsors. Uh, do you have any big leads coming up? I mean, is there, are, are we going to see any new big sponsors next year or uh, we have Barbasol. I mean, they're not a new sponsor anymore. Sorry. They're old hat now. I hope they become a season long. Yeah, they're sponsor. like a hundred years old, bro. <laughs> I mean, I hope they become a season long sponsor, and you know, at some point, Gannon Bird will learn how to shave, but <laughs> you <laughs> or know? need to or need to. Yeah. Um, do, do you do you have irons in the fire? I have. Uh, I will say I have categories that I'm targeting. Um, okay. I definitely want, and I think the agency will help us out, but. We, I think we're at the point now where we're getting enough spectators and the tour itself is this monster on the road that we need a hotel partner group, you know, like 100%, whether that's Marriott's or I can't think of, uh, is IHC is Holiday Inn's International Hotel. IHG. IHG. Uh, we need a, we yeah. need one of those companies to be a sponsor of the tour. It's just such a good fit. We can drive all our spectators to stay at their hotel. They just, so that's why we need a group and not just one. Uh, I definitely want someone in the beverage space. Uh, I would love to have an auto company uh, to join the tour. I think we can always have a hole in one with a cart. You know, this is a very classic golf tournament. Have the car parked to deck to a certain tee pad. Um, most of those are sponsorships I see in disc golf are now usually, you know, Joe Manchin's Toyota. It's always local, uh, but not national. And I imagine what UC did with Ford this year was probably a national sponsorship because it was so robust uh, with them, you know, changing the colorways of the tea and everything. So I would say those categories, I'd love to get someone in like uh, the snack or candy space. I think that just makes sense for us. Mm. But no, a specific company that I'm going after or, or you know, I've said this that you've before. had interest in that that is our that have had traction. Yeah, you know, I, Jeff will probably be upset. Like, I'm so busy <laughs> maintaining the the business that we have 
that I don't have much time to do creative work, right? Yeah. Like it's just like the every employee on the tour. I mean, we've gone from two to six to 20 to 40 employees in the last four years. And, you know, that creates, uh, a, we have a little bit of organized chaos. And I think we do, we've done a really good job in maintaining our growth. But like, I can, I can barely keep up just signing and managing uh, invoicing, curating, scheduling, uh, all the clients that we have. Um, but we definitely need to explore, uh, other opportunities outside the sports. Like Brody said something that was really poignant either last year or the year before. He's like, someone said, why is there not more, you know, large outside the sport sponsors? And he said that, you know, you have to make it worth their while. Like they don't want to spend 10 grand. They want to spend a hundred or a million and we simply don't have the viewership to attract like one of the, one of the I was on Smashbox 1718 and Johnny you asked me what does it take for us to get big sponsors and I said that you know our viewership is missing a zero and we have gotten that zero I still think we need another one to grow into fortune 50 companies sure. right like sponsors of the PGA tour uh simply because you know, our events aggregate now are delivering silver series. It's usually like three quarters of a million views. This is total. And uh, the large four day tournaments are delivering usually over 2 million views. That's really good, but it's not 35 million on Sunday night football, mm -hmm. right? Like it's a big difference. Um, so uh, I think we just keep doing what we're doing. Those opportunities uh, will, will come to us and we'll also aggressively go after them now that, we're building out a sales team. Um, and I think especially because we're, we're now bringing on thousands of people on sites. I'm really excited to see like what kind of brands that you guys have been to festivals or you go to the mall and you just see a car there. And it's simply just a matter of math. Like they're, they're just, Oh, how many, you know, how many eyeballs is this billboard going to get? And now that we're bringing in one, two, sometimes 3000 spectators, we'll start seeing a lot more like on-site activations at our vendor village, not just even on the course, simply because of foot traffic. Are yeah, you, do you feel like... Oh, go ahead, Tara. I was just going to say, do you feel like we're at all handcuffed by the fact that you can only get so many on-site people, only so many on-site spectators to our tournaments? I mean, we let's just face it. Like, for instance, we could not get 10,000 paid viewers or, or paid spectators paying spectators at most of our events. They just physically wouldn't fit and navigate appropriately at most of our venues. Do you, are we worried about that yet or no? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And like a whole topic for another show is, um, you know, like people complain anytime we're on a golf course, right? Cause it's boring and it's, everyone wants to play in the woods. And then our tour championship or crowning event is in a beautiful cathedral of a wooded course. And yet uh, we probably didn't deliver the best spectator experience of the year versus the Portland open, right? Which was arguably sure. the best. Um, and of course, like uh, Glendevere or, or our tournament at Swenson and Stockton, we can do, we could easily do 5,000, if not 10,000 spectators. So like, what do, how do, where do we uncover, uh, like I was listening to the, the guys from GK Pro before and to listen to what Philip's doing. I think the next step and people have talked about this is for the tour or a private investor to develop their own property. 
right? And sure. that's the best of both worlds. Uh, my coworker Seth had a really cool idea implementing like catwalks or suspension bridges on. Imagine you could be on a suspension bridge watching an event. I know there's a course in Illinois that was on Silver Series last year. Remind me of it close Del to Wood. Chicago that has yep. like Delwood. Yeah. So imagine we could, you know, actually build um, like bridges or terraced areas behind tees or baskets. And granted, this is going to take a lot of capital, but I think that that's the next evolution is that, you know, it's, it's, it's like a combination of uh, Fox run plus Brewster Ridge in one course that has areas where hundreds of people can watch um, tees, baskets, or multiple tees and baskets because it's elevated. Um, it's weird. Like besides like hole eight at Maple, there's not many other holes on tour where people park themselves all day long. Like it's just not part. It's un- sure. PGA tour. That's what people do. They just sit on hole six because yeah. there are grandstands and there's a bar there. And we don't a whole seven USDDC did a good job of that this year where they had those two like yeah. luxury boxes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But be- that hole is also a gimmick. But it's super fun to watch, right? So it's like, I think no one has solved for this yet. It sounds like Philip and Eagles Crossing is working towards it. We are acutely aware of uh, the, we need the amenities of a golf course, the space of a golf course, yet preserve, you know, the foundation of our sport, which is uh, so much fun to play in a wooded area. And I don't think any, I don't think there's a property yet that does everything yet. And it's just going to take money and resources. No, it's it's so difficult to balance the two. And even within our chat, within minutes, you're going to see plenty of people that vehemently are like, yeah, I don't want to be on a golf course. I don't care. It's wide open hyzers. It sucks and it's boring. No, it's um, not. Okay, hold on. Let's. I'm going to yell well, about this. I, I'm, I'm if you design the okay, golf ahead. course the right go way. Ahead. Okay, uh-huh. so, and I'm not watching comments now. Um, no, you shouldn't. So... Uh, Stockton and Glendevere are not wide open hyzers. Like they're actually, like, I was thinking about this. There's actually very few shots on those two courses where you get to see the player just unleash the drive. A like Maple Hill hole one. No one ever talks about that hole. That's or hole eleven. Like that's a <laughs> wide open shot. Uh, when you are on golf courses, you can see the shot better than you can when you're at Nevin. At Nevin, I was following with like the catch cam. You just see the disc coming around the corner. So I'm sorry. Like the spectator experience is better at a golf course if you get a a good designer to make the track interesting and fun. I would love if Nevin had carved out spectator areas and everyone could see. I guess that would be the best. But it doesn't have parking for thousands of cars. It doesn't have a... Like Glendevere has a world-class restaurant and brewery on site. Like There are amenities that like our sport just does not have yet uh, at our traditional old-school golf courses. I... I I run uh, the Pro Tour event in California. I've had people like scream at me that it's not a day law or some other course that un- it's if you know a course that can fit a Pro Tour event in Northern California, let me know. Like I would love to to go there. It's I, for now it's this this blank canvas of a property that we've designed as such and it works really well for both spectators on site and online. I understand the sentiment. I love disc golf. My home course is Golden Gate Park, which is heavily wooded. That's what I want to play myself. But when you want to bring on thousands of spectators for them to be able to see, it's right now, uh, the, oftentimes the best solution is a golf course. I know it's not a great fit and we're working towards uh, honestly building it ourselves. So that way it is the best of both worlds. Yeah, that's yeah. That, <laughs> as Terry just posted in the board, you know, someone was saying like, well, maybe the DGPT needs to 
you know, buy their own land. And as as Sean said, that's that's been looked at for two years now, at least. We're not not trying to do. We're not not trying to do that. Like, yeah, it's. I mean, that's that's yeah. not a that's not a super secret, but it's you know it hasn't been super public either. But it makes the most sense. I mean, why not have your your you know it? Why not have a space for the off season where you can store all your equipment? That's a mm-hmm. great has great amenities, an awesome mm-hmm. course. It's mm-hmm. maybe somewhere in the southeast, kind of near where the tour finale ends. You've got a lot of great land down there. Uh, it just yep. a lot of that. It's not just, super expensive. It's not super expensive. Tepid climates. Yep. It, it all of that makes a lot of sense. It's just finding the right property. And, yep. and you know, and then you can build it out and you can wire it and we can do everything we've always dreamed about and whatnot. Um, real quick about advertising. Have you guys looked at advertising outside of advertising the pro tour and disc golf outside of our sport? No, you know, someone mentioned putting us on esports. like, hey, you like esports? Maybe you'll like disc golf as well. Here's the DGN or anything like that. Has anything like that been broached? Um, yeah, uh, I would, you know, I'm sales. That's, this is a marketing question. Yeah. Um, but I definitely dip my toe into both and, you know, I would, I would urge you guys to have our marketing director Baker on the show. He's hyper intelligent, super high IQ, um, and can answer these kind of questions. Like we, we are certainly considering it. Like we obviously do digital now, right? We don't just target inside the sport. We're using, you know, we're doing, uh, AdSense and, we do like lookalike audiences on social. So it's not just the, the disc golf demographic. Uh, we've explored advertising on billboards on highways close to our tournaments. Um, I've actually never thought about cross promotional opportunities um, with someone like esports. Um, but it's, I, I would love to see if it could work, especially if we could do a trade, right? Like I love, love, love trading. Um, <laughs> Oftentimes we, you know, we we do ads for the disc golf manufacturers, and they give us discs instead of cash, and that's like a win-win because it costs them less, and we sell it for more. Uh, so I would love to do like a trade for advertising. For, you know, we did an activation at the Portland Open. Um, I'd love to see s- some disc golf content inside a game. That would be kind of cool. So thank you for that idea. But right now, uh, not specifically, but I think we definitely need to outgrow the audience. Although, you know. Jeff, I think, was on, he recently said that you know we're over forty thousand subs on DGN. Yep. Jomez has four hundred four hundred thousand subscribers, so we're ten percent of their audience. So there's still a lot of room to yeah, grow. That's 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 that's, a, that's kind of a bullshit number though, because Jomez has what three thousand paying subscribers. We have forty thousand paying subscribers. I would take mm-hmm. one paying subscriber over four hundred free subscribers. Because you know what? Sure, it's the no, iPhone versus saying, Android model. Everybody knows that we have three hundred sixty thousand people yeah. that are not DGN subs that we yeah. can convert that are Jomez subs, right? That's, like, so we can. Yes, still a lot of work for us to get to get people to. We have to keep doing storytelling. Yes, keep convincing J- Joe Discolfer that he likes Eagle versus Simon, and mm-hmm. uh, it takes a long time. I mean, we've been this is our seventh year, right? And it's I think it's finally sticking. Um. And you, again, you can't invent history. You have to slog through it. <laughs> and I, I would love to see our marketing department, especially for our events, like outgrow just doing targeted Facebook ads. Because um, I think when people go to... If, he, if you go to a disc golf tournament and it's well run, it's super fun. Like if you can get your local craft beer and a corn dog and you can see the course, uh, I, I think it's fun for like all ages. Yeah. 
I went to USWDGC with my daughter at a blast. Oh, cool. You know, it was, yeah, those it courses was, looked really fun to watch. Yeah. The, the, I mean, it's the Madison courses. So we knew I knew them inside and out, but it was it was a good time. Right. Like, I, I do wish that there was more um, like like food vendors and things like that, because there was nothing on site for that particular event. And I think we're getting there. These other events need to kind of catch up with what. Yeah, pro, that's like pro tour is doing. The t- I think that the tour can help by having like a kit for every TD. But most of that stuff is usually like. What kind of relationships does the TD have locally? You know, mm-hmm. is, his, is his buddy... Oftentimes, it's because his buddy owns the brewery or owns the food truck. Um, but yeah, I think I think most tournaments should be a celebration of like local culture. And I'd love to see like, you know, pairing a beer festival or food festival with a tournament at the same time on the same place and bringing in people to going, holy smokes, you know, here's... Uh, this guy just threw a 650-foot roller. Like, I've never seen that before. Um, and I just came here because... I like the taco truck, right? I th- we can work on stuff like that. Yeah, that's great. Uh, uh, Sean, just as I asked the other group, and I, I feel like I generally try to ask this question literally of every guest, regardless of what the you position do. is. You do. You ask every person. Because I, I think it's a great way to politely give you a platform to speak without sounding like you're ranting. Uh, so my question is... I've done is, a lot of ranting already. Uh, no, no, no. But Barely. my question is, 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 there, is there any... Um, is there anything you would love to address or clarify or, or the dumbest thing you've heard, read, or seen that's just completely inaccurate that you would love to dispel or correct or update or address with anyone? Is there just, and there's probably dozens, but is there anything that like jumps off the page at you of like, man, I see this comment every single weekend and it's so inaccurate. So let me set the record straight. Like, I'm lobbing up the the floor for that. That's it, it sure. is one of my um, things to do because I hate people uh, that are stupid. I mean, GK Pro just said the same thing, so I apologize that I am regurgitating that the disc golf network is too expensive, and we are just hoarding all the money. Um, that is not true. Uh, we are continuously investing back into the products by hiring more people. Hiring, uh, buying better technology, investing into the studio, paying the talents, um, you know, m- much, much, much higher rates than we did historically. I mean, Nate Come and Val on. got a pizza when they first started. Right. That's Steve what I'm Dodge talking about. Literally like, delivered. A, and I a got pizza fired. Delivered. So there was well, that. Yeah, me too. But <laughs> oh, I forgot. That's why I'm that's why I'm here, Terry. That's um, why you're here. I, I thought some, you were going to fire. I have something <laughs> uncomfortable I want to talk to you about. Um, okay, we're, but just, we're going to be moving on. I'll, I'll be back. Let me get another founder sponsored beverage. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, I would just say that like, yeah, I, I know it's like I don't think it's expensive. It's what's five ninety nine with PDGA um, mm-hmm. per month. And if you hate and, the PDGA or have a big problem with them, which uh, under some people do, uh, yeah, no, I what, get that. Eleven ninety nine, twelve, eleven, eleven ninety nine. So I, okay. I, people are going to say, you know, Netflix is what fifteen ninety nine now. I think after the recent price increase, it's uh, so. Sure. Yes, we do not have an infinite amount of contents similarly that Netflix has. Like so, yeah, I get that. That's a different price, but that is apples and oranges. And the cost, mm-hmm. we are cheaper than a disc, right, per month. Yeah. I, so I, I, the, the, the infinite content argument always bothers me because I think, how much of that infinite content, content can you watch? Right. Like, how, how much Netflix are you watching a month? If, if you sat down, what, an hour a night 
every weeknight that, that you know, you're watching 20 hours in a week we we do that in a weekend if you want to sit down and watch oh no i bet i bet our uh i bet our die hard, like our audience probably watches more dg on the netflix 100 simply 100%, because like it, yeah it, like our our average view time is super high it's like <sighs> almost yeah. 50 minutes which yep. if you told like that's where i want to talk to like people in digital marketing like that is an insane number like it is. almost an hour that you're keeping people and our, our, our completion rate is super high it's like these are like dr- drooling numbers for marketers um especially if you're looking to get target a young male audience right we're obviously not a good fit for like dove skincare right now but if you're trying to sell products to you know 28 year old guys like we're a really good fit so and the other thing is and and listen i love post-production i watch it often but when people say they don't want to they don't get dgn because they don't have four hours to watch around this is where i want to throw the laptop out of the window When's the last time you watched the entire football game or the entire baseball game or the entire golf, especially an entire golf tournament? Never. Like very rarely you, you, you come in and you watch holes uh, 13 through 18 or you watch holes one through seven. You go play disc golf. You come home and you watch holes 17 and 18. Like I, besides like basketball, like I don't know many people that like sit down and carve out four hours of their day to watch an entire sporting event, you watch a little bit. Granted, obviously players are different. It's immersive experience, but I don't like, you do not need to watch the entire round to make disc golf network worth it. Like it, yeah. it, uh, like how, watch, how usually, is watching Joma's? Yeah. I, I watch one football game a week. Usually I watch whatever, you know, I watch the Packer game, assuming I can watch it. And that's right. three hours. Right. You know, that's, that's yep. what I get. Well, and my other my my rebuttal to that too, also though, is people say I don't I don't have four hours. First of all, it's not really four hours. Like if you want to just come in when the when the lead card tees and you want to be yep. done when the lead card's done, it's not going to be a full four hours. I promise you. There's a fast be. forward button too. It, there's a fast forward. There's all those options, but it won't be a full four hours. Secondly, you're going to see a ton of other shots from a ton other a uh, ton of other mm-hmm. cards. That will if there if there's a storyline within another card, you're going to get that. So you're not going to have to go necessarily watch an entire round on a gatekeeper or whoever is covering chase or third card. And then lastly, you keep saying four hours. It's probably more like three, maybe three and a half. Some of these post-production rounds are getting pretty effing long. They're. They're getting 48 to minutes for nine holes, 50, yeah. 55 minutes for nine holes. So let's just say this 55 minutes times the front and the back. You're now watching for an hour and 50 minutes, but you're telling me three hours that that's absurd. That's just insane. I'm not watching three or three and a half hours of golf, but an hour and 55 minutes that that's where I draw the line. Like I just the the time thing to me also is is not is just not a viable. And everyone's gonna say, oh, because you're on live. I make live and I make post production. I'm th- those are mm-hmm. still holes in in the uh, the arguments in my opinion because like I said, you're also probably getting a lot of other shots. And Johnny or or Sean, I think we should f- make you do this. Go go someone now today go take a regular event the mvp open mm. and tell me how many shots we show and then tell me how long that would take you to watch on other channels like the overall shots that we've given you from chase card from third card from lead card 
plus maybe a few other highlight shots from other ones. We're giving mm-hmm. you far more golf, you know, like shots per minute than any other uh well, golf that makes sense. You, watch. you picked a good example. So Simon won from the chase card at MVP. So how was it watching Jomez that time? Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like and awkward. Listen, I love I love Thomas Gilbert, but why are we watching Thomas Gilbert shoot over par at Maple Hill on on Jomez? Like that doesn't happen in, in a golf tournament if the lead group is over par through you're done. You don't watch them anymore. Like it's well, I, we don't need every single shot of the lead card if the guys aren't playing well. It's yeah, just and being we're, we're exactly the lead card. We're getting better at being able to cut people out. It's it's difficult on the tee because you go back and forth and then sure. But but we're we're getting better at it. I think I did sit and figure this out that on average we depending on the course we will show I think it's three to f- three hundred and fifty shots particularly because each you know wow you have, really yeah you have, you have a four, figure you have a foursome they're all shooting between fifty to sixty strokes we're showing everyone yep. on the lead card generally yep. on the chase card we're showing one to two players and then mm-hmm. we have a roaming camera that we that we show right. players on so that's you. And you don't get to see all the shots, but I think I figured it was like 300 because I compared it at one point. I was actually, I think I was talking to Todd Rainwater about it a couple, like a year or so ago. There is a website out there that tells you how many shots the masters, all the majors show and the, and the time it took. So you get like shots per minute. We were within decimal points of how many shots per minute oh, cool. we showed versus a standard major golf tournament. We were with it was like tenth a tenth of a or, or a two or three tenths of a shot quote unquote per minute that we so were basically showing. the so exact the exact it was, same it was right? very close it was very very That's close awesome. I think I think they showed a little bit more and our broadcast was a little bit shorter or something and it, it's kind of amazing how close we are actually are as an analog to to golf but our and again our shots are different There's, some of them are quicker. That we, you know, you count a tap in, in in disc golf is two seconds. A tap in in golf, oh, right, m- might be one minute. Well, 12, <laughs> 12, 15, 20 seconds yeah. for for yeah. A, a a two foot tap in. So it, you know, you take the the analog with it, but it's uh it's interesting if if you look at how many shots we're really showing, and and you're right. What what I kind of got a chuckle about this past weekend with the tour finale, which we haven't even talked about. That was it. The second day or the third day, the Joe Mess card. No, not one person moved on. They had four people who didn't mm. move on, and I was like, oh, "That kind of sucks." Like, you you don't get anything other than, you know, uh, the, the, you you see these four people that don't matter at all, mm-hmm. and and that's what post production. It's not Joe Mess particularly because the same thing could happen to Gatekeeper or GK or whoever. Sure. Um, sure. It's just post production in general. It's it's a great product, and I, I don't. I rarely watch any post production. I rarely watch any recorded disc golf, for that matter. Um, but it's uh, it, you can't get the full story. And a lot of people ask, why don't we? You know, well, how come Jomez just doesn't cover the first two cards and mix it all together? And, and it gets a lot more difficult. It's a lot more effort. Oh my god, that would be that would take that. I, I don't. I can't imagine they would time. be able to deliver the product. So yeah, I can't it, imagine they could get it out no. the next morning. Yeah, it would be very very well. I mean. They're pretty efficient. They would hire another person or something and find a way, mm-hmm. but it would be very difficult. And and honestly, then you're talking about cutting out a different production company, and then then right. you're talking about not. And from your perspective, you're cutting out views when you start com- compressing cards. You know, if if GK Pro is getting, or we'll we'll use Gatekeeper because they usually cover the second card. If they're getting twenty thousand views, 
and Jomez is getting 250,000, well, suddenly Jomez probably isn't getting many more views versus what they already have. And now mm-hmm. you just cut out 20,000 views. That's less impressions. That's less ad money. You know, mm-hmm. you're putting all your money or you're putting all your eggs in one basket. It's, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a liability. So, but mm-hmm. you know, those are all extra. Yeah. That's all a bunch of extra. And, and real quick, <laughs> just for everyone out there, cause there's a, a few people I I'm, I'm not again, trying to make a pitch for live versus post enjoy one or both or neither I, or whatever you want. I don't care. I'm just saying, I feel like some of the old arguments are just that they're old. They're outdated. They're a little bit out of touch from where we're really at these days as live continues to get better and better and better. Uh, I just wanted to clarify. So, so nobody's yelling at me saying, oh, I love posts so much and you, you guys still suck at live. Whatever. I'm just Listen, saying. Listen, I love posts. The gap continues to close every single weekend. That's all. Yeah. I love posts. I watch, like, I call it, uh, I'm, like, I watch the Patriots, Celtics, and Red Sox. I call it the Jomez the next day when I watch the <laughs> eight to 15 minute YouTube clip. I mean, it's not stylized with commentary, but that's how I, that's honestly how I consume a lot of my professional sports now is I try not to look at the score and just watch those highlight packages, which are now getting available within one to two hours after a game is over. I love those. Um, especially if you, if you don't get the local game, right? Like if it's, if sure. it's uh, if it's just not on national TV. Mm-hmm. By the way, you also gave me if the opportunity. Big, if it's I, big I know enough, it just comes... you'll watch it live. I mean, it, when it gets to Try. The, the playoffs, playoffs when it gets, and, but when it gets yeah. to the playoffs, when it gets to the Super Bowl, when it gets to the World Series, you're you're and if you're a big enough fan, you're gonna watch it live. Yes, of course, of course. But no, regular season week three. Uh, yeah, Patriots sure. Colts. I I might not be able to watch it. I don't have the Sunday tickets, uh, but I'll watch again the 15 minute you know clip that's available. Oftentimes Sunday night now, and I'll try not to check scores. Uh, so yeah, I I and plus I love the guys and the I, I think there's definitely a space for both. Um, but <sighs> it sure is nice to watch something live and not have to worry about embargoing social media for all day long. Well, you were you were going to say something about just a couple seconds ago, and you cut yourself off. Do you remember? No. Well, you said I wouldn't give me an opportunity to like uh, clear something up, and I also wanted just to say thank you to you guys for uh, allowing me to be here, and thank you to Disc Golf Network subscribers and fans of the Pro Tour and our sponsors because if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be here, and I, I truly mean that. Like, I am living. This is a dream come true job for me. Um, I put a lot of time in and worked for free for several years in pizza, like as you said. And uh, I feel blessed uh, to be in this position. And it's because of folks like yourself and the audience that's uh, that is out there. And so I'm, I'm very, very thankful. Are we going to have uh, <laughs> this is maybe a little inside joke. We're going to have animated ads next year or are we people paying extra for that. <laughs> Uh, the say D- more. The, what do you mean? The, the DGA Trigger animated warning. ads. Trigger warning. From, <laughs> from oh, we're gonna have those, or is Mo Kabash on those? Oh, with uh, transparent backgrounds. Um, <laughs> um, I have to do some digging into that because some. You tell me it's not that big of a deal, and Mahmood said, "I think they look." I I, I thought that ad. I thought it was a disc that was literally rolling on the course the first time I saw it. A few times I've noticed that. It's don't listen. It's not that big of a deal. It's a little bit extra work Good. for our graphics guy. So yes, but I'll just charge more. There, there you go. See, sorry, Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, did you see his banner ad this weekend? That was like a, an ad from 1990. Yeah. 
Oh, that was his. I didn't even. I, I, oh, I saw it. Like the, the, the like old YouTube looking text. one. Yeah, with all yes. the text on it. It looked like a banner. Yes. yes. I I should yeah. have figured that that was that was DGA. I saw it and I didn't really read it. Yeah. I just chuckled at the idea of it. So, um, good job, Tyler. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's Ty- Tyler's out on the board for all of us. I yes. think that now and Tyler wasn't. A f- I I was like trying to read that ad i think because i don't get to hear any of the ads when they're played during the show so i i never hear what's actually being said during any commercials uh so oh, interesting for years this has been ha- yeah because we we mute them uh that's often when the the commentators are talking to themselves or talking sometimes with production or with a yeah. control room okay so i don't hear any ads ever but then I see the little ad that popped up and it was like all text. And I'm just like, is this like an error on one of the control rooms, computer screens? <laughs> like it was like, why is this showing up on screen? And apparently it was an ad. So Tyler, I'm not going to say you failed because you're listening and watching right now, but it was, it was great. Keep up the good work. I loved it. No, we, anyway, don't, we, don't, let the, we don't let the commentators hear uh, commercials. And we also cut out the extra music, which Charlie says he wants to hear the music, but we cut out that, so just get we give them, we yeah. give them a very rough cut. <laughs> yeah, Sean, when you get not when you get back on the mic, you, you yeah. can take my job back you, over. You, you, yeah, you, you, you was it Jones, Jonesboro? Was it Jonesboro? You and yes. Jonesboro? Uh, yeah, it was uh, Jonesboro. It was in in this one bedroom apartment in San Francisco. Corey Morell and I did Jonesboro in twenty eighteen ish. Here I was fired, probably. That was 19. Um, I I produced that one. So I know we weren't fired at that point. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm very much content where I am. uh, And you guys do a really good job. I, uh, (laughs) I would like to see like, honestly, the commentators sent to like, I don't know if this exists, but broadcasting school seminar, or you guys go away for a week. Terry's Uh, talking it. like, everyone can get better at everything. Right. Yeah. And not to say that you're not, but like, whether it's like masterclass, either it's online or I would love, to, I mean, I think it'd be really good for team building if the eight of you or 10 of you went to some hotel somewhere and we had people come in from the New York Brock, NYU Broadcasting School. Um, there are absolutely like SOPs, best practices, tips and tricks that you guys can be doing to improve. Um, and maybe that's something we, I have no idea. I'm just making this up that we can invest like, into. Like in all the 10 of us have said, let's do that. Like every, literally oh, every. Okay. Everybody wants Almost to do every it. one of us has said, let's do that. Everyone I've talked to on the team that has any commentating role has said, yeah. yes, we need that. Train we need me some feedback. We need some tips. We need some official training. We'll all take it. Every single one of us has said that. And, uh, and okay, I'm, good. I'm right there on board with it. So uh, yeah, however it needs to happen, let's let's make it happen. Well, this is what I okay, so when my coworkers say to me, you know what, you know what we should do, and I say stop. <laughs> you do you know it. What you should do. Yeah, plan put a plan put a plan together. Like we're a nimble company. Uh, like put a plan together, make a presentation. So I I know that you're not an employee, but here's my challenge. Like look it up. Like if and I I know it's this is probably my moods job or someone that works in uh, the production team. I'd love to see it. I think it would be, you know, we're always trying to, we're always trying to get better. Imagine by LVC next year, we have a, you know, just a, a bit more of a polish and shine to the broadcast. That would be fantastic. I wonder how what, they, what am I Googling broadcast how they trainers? Like, when, when you move from, let's say, just say like a Tony Romo or a Greg Olson, when you go from the, the field one year to the booth the next year, 
mm-hmm. th- th- that's a total of what, six months between how I, I want to know how they get trained up so fast if they do. Oh, I bet uh, it's 40 hours a week, right? You, th- you, you think so? You think they just like sit them down for, you know, like, you know, a month or two months and just sit them down and be like, OK, the here's. Yes. Yeah, I mean, especially a retired athlete, it's probably easy for them, right? Because they're used to having like a very immersive experience where it's. Mm-hmm regulated and you know from seven to ten you're going to be doing this and from 10 to 12 you're going to be doing this um they're they're used to just like working really hard on one thing uh i would there's got to be this at least virtually this is going to be something you guys could probably start tomorrow um but i also think it would be important to get you guys all in the same room uh with with a you know with a presentation and doing testing and practicing and uh skits you know i think that'd be super fun for you guys especially just to build camaraderie and rapport yeah I agree. Okay. Well, for what well, it's, it's worth, late, yeah, it's like midnight uh, for you guys. Yeah. So oh, it's early. It's time for another <laughs> founder's beverage. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, Sean, is there anything else you do want to share with us? We do appreciate everything you've given us the insight to. And I everything like, you do for the I tour. I feel like they should be more regular, but um, yeah, anything you want to share with us? No, we went into a lot. Uh, and hopefully I didn't overstep anything and make any mistakes. Eh, I'm sure eh, I'll, no I'll read watching. about it on the internet Sam tomorrow. Ch- Sam chimed in. Good to see Sam. He's not normally out here, I don't think. He says talent coach is what we need, which, again, I think oh, okay. every one of oh, us our Sam? read upon. Yeah, catch Cam Sam? Sam? Yeah, our Sam. Our Sam. Hey, hey, oh, listen, Sam out on the board. No, 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 no. He's not catch Cam Sam anymore. I'm sorry. He's now like production. No, he's the, the director Sam. Sam. He's the Sam the man. Yes. He's Sam the yeah, man. Sam the now, man. Now we literally have <laughs> we have catch Bob and catch Cam. So Cam yeah. is our catch. Oh, man. we got all sorts so, of people. But catch Cam, Cam, but, catch Cam, Cam. Yeah. <laughs> Sam stepped in a couple uh, weeks ago, though. He's he still got he still got the touch. Oh yeah. Uh, I think those guys, as right much as they love to not hold the camera, they also miss it sometimes, right? So, so it's it's really I cool uh, to see him, you know, to slide into that role. But no. Uh, I'm good. Again, I just want to thank you guys uh, for, I mean, I think this is your 425th show, some insane number. Eh. Um, eh. We're halfway like done. You guys have been around for so long. <laughs> like it, uh, it's like, I, I was reading Terry, you are such a hustler. And I say that with love and admiration that you're talking about your C tier coming up in November and the comments while you're doing the interview with GK pro. Like that's, uh-huh. <laughs> that uh, that's crazy that you can do that. Um, I'm doing my best to not look at my phone during this interview because <laughs> I, I, I'm simply not smart enough, uh, to focus on something like this. So, uh, but again, uh, so much love for you guys, for what you guys do. I hope you guys are an integral part of the team next year. Hope just in case something, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> and thank you guys to the audience of, I, I don't know how many people are listening right now or watching, but, Tens of thousands, uh, yeah, from Johnsonville. Tens of thousands. I'll I'll get your impressions get... and charge you for it later. Yeah. <laughs> the DGN will get a bill, <laughs> one dollar CPM. Um, but uh, yeah, again, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. It's been fun. Now, seriously, uh, you know, I, we say it to a lot of our guests, but uh, in all seriousness, if there's ever anything. You have initiative, a project, clarification, whatever the case might be, something cool that's going on. You're always welcome here. Uh, we'll, we'll take you anytime. And we appreciate I, I think the world appreciates. There's clearly this whole like behind the scenes overall, like some say behind the scenes, some other people just say nosy and intrusive, whatever. It's all kind of the same. But people love hearing it. People love to know mm-hmm. the background of what's going on. How do things come about? Uh, you know, 
usually you go to the internet, you know, half cocked with with lacking most information. So when you come here and you actually get like the nuts and bolts from the guy that's helping, you know, drive that bus or steer that ship. Uh, I just think it's so valuable to everybody out there. So we, we really certainly appreciate all the insight here tonight. So, of course, make sure all you right. check out on tour if you want to get those kind yeah. of stories. I'm excited. That's yeah. the next I've, thing. Six part, six part docuseries. I'm very excited for it. I've only seen like a couple of clips, I, but I'm, I'm going to tell you, I've got a really, I think, a clever idea uh, for some additional content. And I don't know if that goes really to you or Jamie or indirectly, maybe both of you. Mostly Jamie. You but yeah. It or not, but I've, I've got some ideas that um, I don't know, I think are good. All right, pal. Well, All right. On we that appreciate note, you I'm joining gonna, us. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you guys go, but yeah. have a great night. Thank you so much. Thanks, Thank Sean. you so much. Have a good night. See you, Sean. All right. Sean, Jack, this golf pro tour. VP partnerships and arrangements and money getting person. Yeah. Right. And he's good at um, it. Clearly. Yeah. He's all right. He throws he's really he's all these it. buzzwords, the YouTubes, <laughs> CPMs. I mean, <laughs> uh, no, but seriously, uh, clearly uh, it, let's put it this way. If you didn't learn something like genuinely learn something tonight, I would be shocked um, by, by the insights that, Sean just gave us. So we, we certainly appreciate it. All right. We see a bunch of people out on the board. Thank you guys for joining us. I think Johnny, I think with all that um, at this point, it would make sense just to go ahead and wrap up our regular show. Uh, before can... we do, um, mm-hmm. I say Holmes asks a question kind of related to what Sean Jack was here for advertising and okay. the production a bit asking about why we show the picture and picture ads when not, when we don't just like bank them. blame Sean. Because we, yeah, it, this Sean. isn't Sean's choice. This is a Mo choice. Um, ultimately, we could probably bank the shots and show them when they weren't in the picture in picture. Primarily, we we don't usually show the lead card in picture in picture if we can help it. If we usually will go to a chase cards cards that don't quite matter as much. This particular weekend, we did show a lot more picture in picture because it keeps people engaged more. You're, you, you still see the ads, but there is golf there to be seen. And is it as clear as the when it's full screen? No. Is it as nice? No. If something major happens, we still do replay it. If we bank them all, you're talking 20 minutes total, we'll say, of golf, even if whatever, that we now have to find a spot to squeeze into other places, and it can make the broadcast feel a little bit rushed. At times, mm. we will we will use it. We've gotten into a habit lately of using it on the second card. They tee off the chase card when we first start the show. They get there. We need to show three minutes of ads, and we almost always show the chase card in picture in picture, and then we go to the lead card. Um, this weekend at the tro- the Pro Tour finale, it was a little different. We had a little bit more free reign, I will say, and Mo decided he wanted to show more picture in picture. And so that's what we did. It was literally just an artistic choice, I would say. Um, I, I, I don't know. I do think after looking at a little bit more of uh, broadcast picture in picture, I think we could make our action just a little bit bigger than mm. than. That's what she said. Mm, never to me, but uh, no. <laughs> sorry. I think we could increase the size of the of the uh, live action golf 
and maybe shrink up the advertising a little bit. It's still going to be bigger than the regular one, but I think we fit it so we could fit a scoreboard underneath of it. Well, I was watching more. I was watching the Packer game this weekend. They don't do anything other. It's a lot of blank, empty space, to be honest. And we just do 50 50. No, that looks dumb. Kind of like our shot right now. No, yeah, it, it looks really dumb. Just honestly. because of the framing. It's yeah. the framing. Yeah, you you want something that's actually like that because at that point, then you have As no the landscape. Yeah. Well, you have la- it's too landscape, but on top of that, you have you have nothing to actually focus on. You have nothing to draw your attention to. There's nothing primary in that shot. It's like two equal shots, which are I think is more distracting. Yeah. You want something that's bigger than something else to at least say this is what you should be focusing on. Yeah, we got a little bit of action over here, but advertising, that's the important part. So, eh. and I know people yeah. don't like it and it's it's not going to go away, but we we probably won't use it as much in the upcoming years, but I don't know. Mm. So, yeah, love me the pip. Let's wrap this up, Terry, and then we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit about the Pro Tour finale. Ah, oh, Jesus, so late. I'm just kidding. All right. Well, yes, with that, we uh, clearly have to appreciate and thank our friends uh, Isaac, along with Luke, over at GK Pro. Thank you guys for the insight. Of course, we fully encourage everyone to go out and get a little action on that uh, big money skins, as it's called. Uh, looking forward to that this weekend. Even if I and this is a little bit where I'm a, a, a sucker. I'll admit it. Even if I don't have the chance to start, sit down and watch it live, I'm guessing I'm going to go ahead and purchase it and then get around to it at some point. Even if I don't, uh, I'm not able to take it in uh, because I'm going to be watching some uh, some girls volleyball of my children. Um, so best of luck to them uh, with, with that endeavor this weekend. Looking forward to it for sure. And then, of course, we got to thank Sean Jack, along with the entire Disc Golf Pro Tour crew and i know he's got people working with him and uh f- helping facilitate and do other things uh besides uh just getting on the phone and making the phone calls uh with a few of our particular you know partners and whatnot so sean jack and crew out there killing it really appreciate it and with that i think we're gonna call it for our regular show and then when we come back we'll be in the after show we'll talk a little bit about uh, the actual disc golf pro tour championship as johnny v talked about and um whatever else comes to mind and we'll have ourselves a fun little after show i think some mead showed up at my house if you followed along during usdgc you know what that's all about but uh (laughs) nonetheless uh looking forward to it we're gonna close it out we're gonna take a quick break we'll be back in a few minutes with our after show uh again this has been smashbox tv episode 425 we'll see you in the after show you step inside the smashbox Thank you to our $2 and above patrons. Your name is listed below in the credits. If you are interested in being listed as a producer in the Smashbox TV credits and supporting this and other fine podcasts, please visit patreon.com slash Smashbox TV. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 